When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. As they say, welcome in everybody. 50 hours of the Eagles and the Commanders. That is Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. Happy, happy Friday, one and all. Derek Gunn, the man, the myth, the legend. What's going on? The myth. How you doing? How you doing? Well, you know, Rob, um, when you say things to your wives, they have a very loving way of looking at you and basically without saying anything, will tell you that. Yeah, you go right ahead. If if you want to live in peace in this house, don't even think about it. So a few minutes ago, I walked past and I said, you know what? I'm so happy with the warmth outside that I may just run outside in my Speedos and just let it all soak in. (laughs) So she looks at me. She looks at me with that, 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 you know how that side eye look, the wives look at you Uh with? And she very calmly goes with with a half smile on her face. Yeah. You go ahead and do that. I'm like, <laughs> I think we're all in agreement with Trish on this one. Yeah. <laughs> you go out, wear a light t-shirt, wear your shorts, put your flip-flops on. You don't need to go any further than that, my man. Okay. Go enjoy your warm weather, but don't take it too far where you, where the neighbors are calling the cops. Okay. We don't need that. Jim G says, oh, the visual d <laughs> Yeah. Good luck unseeing that for the rest of the show, people. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look, oh, man, boy. I might be built like the rock, man. You don't know. Built like I the be, rock. Yeah, I could be built like the rock. You don't know. Mm. You don't know me like that. <laughs> More like bedrock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Barney Rubble or Fred Flintstone. Oh, my oh, God, man. 
Uh, all right. Great to be hanging with everybody on this Friday. It is. Oh, you're right. It, just that it is gorgeous out. We are blessed, man. I'm enjoying whatever, however many days of this we get. I'm loving every second of it today. Dude, tomorrow, 79. Going to be perfect. Then it's going to be freezing. Then it's going back up on next week's going to be like in the 60s. So anyway, next weekend. So anyway, enjoy it. Enjoy it. That's for sure. Uh, a lot to get to today. What's up, everybody? What's up, James? What's up, Fitness Rebel, Jim G, Twiz, M. Reyes, it's Joe Ho, Sports on 88, Mr. Taz, Chris D. Haven't seen Chris D in a minute. Uh, JM, whoever I didn't get to, uh, please check in. You want to do a check-in where you're at? Please. We, I, I love it. I yeah, love I love the Friday check-ins. Let, yeah, let's, yeah, let's make that just lock it in on Friday. Every Every Friday, you give us a check-in. Oh, so Mr. Taz has a good question. When does the Firehouse Beefcake Calendar Shoot uh, start? When, is that, when are we getting that, D-Gun? That's a good idea. I'm going to do one, like holding a fishing rod. I'll do another one, holding garden tools, because I'm always outside, like, you know, like like hedge trimmers. Uh, then I'll do one with just uh, an apron on, holding a spatula by one of my grills. Uh, no? No, 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 no. I think it's a good idea. I think it might sell, to be honest. Hmm. It, might, it might sell. It might even get me, it might get me enough money to fulfill my lifelong dream of help D Gun move the Southern California Foundation. Maybe, maybe. All right, we have everybody checking in. So Christy is in Lisbon, Portugal at the University of Lisbon. Good for her. Uh, we have Gregory is calling, uh, is checking in from Denver, PA, which is awesome. Oh God, this is this is what we don't need that Twiz. What? We don't need it. What's that? Look at Twiz's comment. D gun with hey. pasties on. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. Oh my God. Oh, all right. And look, James Jones is like, hey, James Jones all on board. I, I don't know a, that he's on board. Yeah, I might need a marketing guy though. I'm, I, I'm anybody out there in marketing? I might need a marketing guy. Uh, that's a no, D gun. That, that's what? a no. Yeah, yeah, that's a no. We're, we're gonna someplace you got to draw the line. We don't want to do that. To, well, hey, you want to you want to um, make a fool of yourself like I always do, making a video. I mean, go go and right then, ahead of yourself sunbathing out there on the deck. Well, look back back that truck up. What makes you think I'd make a fool of myself? It might actually it might actually be a hot commodity. Good point. Good point. It might it just might go viral? Okay, do it then. I think I think what we can do. You can, as a matter of fact, if you want during our first break of the show. Yeah. I'll, I'll, if you, if it takes you a little while to get back from the break and you're not quite ready, I'll do it by myself. I'll be on by myself till you get back. You send us the video, me and tone, and then we, we will, we will play it for the people. How about that? No, no, it's gotta be, I gotta prepare. No, 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 no. See, I don't, um, see, I don't, I, I don't just do anything on a whim. It has to be well thought out. Okay. But, you know, but you know, people in the chat gave me an idea, you know, a D gun firehouse calendar. I'm like, you know, because I do so many different things, hobbies and stuff. It might speed over spatula holsters. Yeah, Jim G. See, see, we got some creative people. Great minds think alike. Yes, yes. Some very creative. See, Rob. See. Okay, you know? so listen, Christie's on board with you. You know, a little video action or some stills or something like that. And, and Sills sporting those bunions with those sandals. That's a bad look, man. It's a bad look. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god man it's, that's awesome it's, it's joe says who the, who the hell wears speedos <laughs> yeah unless you're an olympic diver i i don't i don't need you 
or, or an Olympic swimmer. I'll, I'll, I'll let, I'll let Michael Phelps off the hook on, on the speedos. But, but uh, other than that, we don't need it. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, I'll real quick, I'll give you a funny story. What? For some reason, and I don't even quite know why a lot of French Canadians take their vacation in Wildwood. They always have. I, I don't know why someone in the chat, if you know the reason, please let me know. So we would, we would go when we were kids, we'd go right. to the beach, right? We'd go down either for the day or we'd rent a house for a couple of days and, and you know, we'd go down there. So I, I remember being a kid being on the beach right, and, right. and looking at these dudes in right. these speedos. And, and I'm talking like these dudes were not in shape. Okay. Uh, I will just leave with, it at that. With the hairy bellies and all. Oh. <laughs> And I'm looking at like I, I remember like like what is happening here, man? Like I, this can't be real. Even even at like seven years old, I'm like this is gross. Okay. Oh no, thank you, man. Anyway, hey, you right. know what? This is a good idea. D gun with Crocs and holding the shotgun. You know, or your or your bug your bug gun. What, what oh, is that the, thing? Oh, bug assault. The bug assault. Oh, man. You know what? See, the wheels are spinning now, man. Yes. Yes. I like that. I Ooh, like that. I, man, hey, yeah. we, got, we got something here. I think we do. We're off to a roaring start, according to Chris. Yes, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, <laughs> yes. So, anyway. Um, oh, right, people, Chuck, let us know where you're coming from. Come yeah, on, people. Chuck's in Myrtle Beach. Love it, Chuck. Yeah, South I like Carolina. It. Love there. I love um, Myrtle Beach. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what is going on. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> a, a lot, a lot's going on, actually. So we're 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 slowly but surely getting over the Phillies, right? Uh we have an Eagles game on Sunday against the Commanders. They go to seven and one, Derek. I mean, think about that for a minute. You know how hard it is. We talked about it last year, how hard it was to go 14 and three. They could go seven and one to start the season almost midway through, which is amazing in and of itself. It really is. Uh, Who else we got? Oh, okay. Justin's in Surfside, Myrtle Beach. That's cool. Nice. Philippines for Man Bar. Love that. Love that. Philippines. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool, man. I I love it. Are you, are you guaranteeing a a win on Sunday? Am I guaranteeing a win? Um, Yes, I am. I'm guaranteeing a win. Really? Yes. Uh, Let me take you back to Monday and Tuesday of this week. A baseball scenario with Citizens Bank Park. You're right. Where all of us, beyond a shadow of a doubt, just <sighs> knew it would be the Phillies and the Texas Rangers in a World Series. You make a great point. You make a great point. Derek. Let's just go back and, and be very cautious about guarantees. Let us look at this seven weeks of the NFL season about guarantees. Uh, I hear you. You're right. Uh, fair. You know what? Fair point, Derek. I take it back. I take it back. Eagle Realist is in St. Louis. Okay. You know a guy from St. Louis. I love Uh St. Louis ribs. All right. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, What's PDX? I was going to say, what is PDX? Should I know what that is? I have no idea. All right. Um, Anyway. It's above my pay grade. I don't know that that's a check-in or that's something else. But anyway. um, We miss here. Who else is around? Come on, people. We're at Midland, JM. Midland, South Carolina. Okay. All right. I like it. And Cody's in West Lafayette, Indiana. Like it. Okay. Like oh, Fitness Rebels getting on you already. What, what now? How about D Gun not bringing up the Philly season? Let us heal. <laughs> Fitness Rebel. We right here. Me and you. Right here. Don't start with me today. It's Friday. It's mid 70s. Uh, when I get off this show, I'm heading over to, uh, as I told you yesterday, when I'm done with the show today. I'll be heading out, got my car loaded up with all my tools and stuff, and uh, 
heading up to a church, New City Church in Wilmington, Delaware. A whole bunch of us are starting to um, assemble everything. We have a great harvest party for families and kids tomorrow. It's all free. That's awesome. Uh, we're going to have piñatas and big hay bales uh, that we're assembling, a hay bale pit. Uh, they're going to have a train going around the circumference of the properties. The kids can ride that for free. Food, games. Uh, we, we had a good turnout for the one in East, uh, Easter. And so we're doing this one now. So, look, if you're in the area, and I said this yesterday, if you are in the, in the Wilmington, Delaware area, and you're looking for something to do with the family or with your kids tomorrow, between the hours of 2 p.m. and 6 p.m., uh, go to New City DE, Delaware, newcitydee.org. Sign up you and your family uh, for our harvest party tomorrow from 2 to 6 p.m. Nice. It's going to be 80 degrees tomorrow. 80 degrees tomorrow. It's a perfect day to be out. And everything is free. Everything Good. is free. Food, uh, you know, cotton candies, popcorn, hot dogs, beverages, whatever you you, you know you want. You know, it's come on out. Um, get, get your kids in the pit to swing away at the at the piñatas. We have four different piñatas. We're going to have it. At 2 30, 3 30, 4 30, and 5 30, uh, for different groups of kids and stuff. So come on out. So uh, I can't wait to get up there and start building all this stuff today. Um, kudos to you and Trish, by the way, for all the work you do. Well, kudos, kudos to not just me and Trish, but a whole lot of our friends yeah. who go there who really help out, who yep. jump in. Um, New Mexico, from yeah, we, I love it, man. We're all over the place, West Virginia, New Mexico, uh, you know, uh, we got a lot Portugal, of people, Philippines. It's awesome. You know, we get a lot of viewers from uh, New Mexico. You know, Albuquerque Walkers at Albuquerque. I love Albuquerque. Been there a couple of times. Beautiful mountain scenery around the city. Uh, very nice. And plus, our, our, our friend and colleague, Ron Burke, works in Albuquerque now. I love Ron's one of the greatest human yeah. beings that you will ever encounter yeah. in your life. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling you, man, he is yes. a special human being, Ron. He Burke. is the best of the best. Yes. He's uh, doing news and sports at a station in Albuquerque now. Yep. Uh, love Ron. I love Ron. Um, Ron, Ron, I, I'm telling you, man, I, I was an intern when Ron was doing um, weekends and nights at Channel 10 when, when I was in, I was in college. I go way back with Ron. Wow. Uh, Ron Vaisikahema, uh, a big Al Meltzer. Big Al, yeah. Yeah, we're the on-air talent. And Bill Wernell, Jeff Ash, just great people behind the scenes. So anyway, uh, from 100 years ago, Derek Gunn. Look, Anita uh, Bracey, you know, that's – hey. Speedos and flip flops, D Guns Halloween costume. Uh, you know what? Hey, hey Anita, Anita's hey. on to something. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine if I walked around in my neighborhood, my development, trick or treat, wearing speedos and flip flops. You would, you would get, you wouldn't get any treats or tricks. You might get tricks. <laughs> you get no, any they treats. Might, they might call the cops. Say we got a pervert roaming around in this development, <laughs> and somebody can put a net over this dude. Indianapolis, I love Indianapolis. Uh, Andy, we got we got uh, Thabas from calling him, uh, checking in from the a ATL. Good for yes. you, Thabas. Yeah. Appreciate you. <laughs> JM checking in from the police station. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome, man. That is funny. That's a that's a funny line right there. That is a funny line. Um, yeah, good good stuff, everybody. So yeah, we mentioned the Eagles uh, playing at one o'clock Sunday, which I'm doing backflips about, but that's a whole different story. Uh, Sixers last night, Derek, it was a tight one in Milwaukee. Thing was close. Um, they end up losing by a point. Dame goes off in his Bucks debut for 39, uh, 39, 11 in the fourth quarter, including a step back three from, uh, from, uh, Kenosha, uh, hey that he hit. That, man, that man's, that man's offensive game, Rob is a thing of beauty. He's a straight I was, closer. 
That's what Dude, he is. I was sitting there going, if the Bucs didn't have Dame last night, they don't win that game. No question. And I countered with, if the Sixers had the James Harden in his right frame of mind, they probably win that game. If they yeah. had another sharpshooter, because they lit it up from three in the second half. I don't, I don't really disagree with that at all. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think you're right. I, I like two things. Dame, Dame is a closer. Dame's the guy you want with the with the ball in his hands. You know, in in a big spot. There's no doubt. I don't think the Sixers have that guy right now. Um, I thought I thought Maxi played extremely well. Ubre gave him a ton off the bench. I like Ubre. He was incredible. And, and unfortunately, they only got five points from anybody else Ubre. other than Ubre off the bench. And I will say this: Joel Embiid did not play well at. All in that Dude, game. Did he go? Did he actually partake in training camp? He looked gassed in the first quarter, second he quarter. He just didn't look like he had his legs to me. Uh, I'm sure he'll bounce back and play well in Toronto tomorrow night. But he had as many turnovers as he had rebounds in that game. Seven. It, there were it, too many giveaways. It, it shocked me when Stan Van Gundy said, and this was in the fourth quarter. Stan Van Gundy said, in a span of 18 minutes, Joel has gone 0 for six. First of all. How did he only take six shots in 18 minutes? Now, I will say this. You say 0 for 6. Milwaukee has one of the tallest teams in the NBA. They're one of the few teams that can frustrate Joel when he tries to post up down low because they're coming at you with a whole wave of 6'10", 6'11", 7-foot dudes. Okay, But still, he's got that feathery touch from the paint. He can hit that three from the top of the key. How in the world he go 0 for 6 and only took six shots in 18 minutes? I know, terrible. Just terrible, inexcusable. It really and is. And the still overcame a 19-point deficit and took the lead. Yeah, they showed a lot of heart. Like, I, I really didn't like, and I'm not one who was always saying, hey, you got to be under the basket every single possession for Embiid. However, right. way too many jump shots. Way too many jump shots. Well, I think that's because of the way Milwaukee played him. I think he had to take those jump shots, to be honest. But, I, you know, but more importantly, I think you inspired the Sixers to play better. I think you ticked them off. Because I distinctly remember you saying yesterday, uh, you know, Sixers in Milwaukee tonight, hope they don't get blown out by 30, and you had that that Cheshire cat grin on your face. Joel heard you. See, he heard you. And and he said, I'm out to prove Rob wrong. I'll prove him wrong. And when they were down by 19, I'm thinking, oh, this is bad. This is really bad. It looked like they were going to get run out of the building. I agree with you. I agree with you. They could have won the game at the end. If Damon hadn't taken those last two free throws, um, who hit that turnaround shot at the buzzer? Was it Tobias? Uh, yeah, I think he banked it. He banked, banked it in. in. Yeah. Who knows? They could have won. They could have won that game, but it's I only agree. one game. One of eighty-two to play. So I agree. I agree. We'll do more Sixers later. Hey, uh, update from today's practice: Eagles. Yep. Jordan Davis hamstring not practicing. Uh oh. He was. He popped Uh-oh. up on the injured list yesterday. Yeah, as being limited, Derek, uh, with the hammy, and he's not practicing. So that's. Friday is a telltale sign. That's not great with a Sunday game. Um, so let me, let, me do, let me do some investigating here. Yeah, d- do some digging if you can. Uh, it was Melton who hit that shot. Thanks, Tone. Um, but do some digging a little bit, Gunner, if you can, to find out what's going on there because that, that would be a big one. We know how dominant the defensive tackles have been um, for this Eagles team and how how important that defensive line is in general. So that that's a biggie if he's not going to be able to go. So, yeah, Uh-oh. we get any, any further updates. So the way – what it was yesterday, Derek, at practice, no uh, Bradley Roby again. He's been out with that shoulder. Um, Bradbury popped up with an ankle. Same with Zach Cunningham with an ankle. Jordan Davis, the hamstring, he did practice on a limited basis. Today he did not. And Milton Williams with a heel. 
So uh, when we start, the, the beat writers, the way it works is the beat writers get about 15, 20 minutes watching the beginning of practice. And then they have to, uh, you know, then, then it's, they, they can, they, and they can, you know, video some stuff and all that kind of stuff. Then it gets limited, um, you know, beyond that. So we'll, we'll, we'll pass it along. Uh, Shane wants to check in here. Harden is holding Maxi back. You got to call it what it is. That kid don't flinch when he went toe to toe with Dame. He was giving him work and beating no show. So, uh, yeah, Shane, I think the, the, the nice thing, if there is a positive to come out of the Harden mess, it's that Maxi's going to get his chance as a point guard this year. And I thought he did a good job. He didn't turn the ball over once last night, had the ball in his hands a ton, had eight assists in addition to all the points that he had. He played a very good game. It's going to be a matter of him just understanding situations as a as a distributor more than just a scorer. But look, there's a lot of hybrid guards in the league now, and I think he'll fit that bill very, very well. Let me uh, let me go on record, let me go on record saying this: there is not a guard in the NBA period that can stay with Maxi when he puts the ball on the floor and drives to the paint. There's not a guard that can stay with him in the league. I his agree. Accelera- with you. His acceleration off the dribble is ridiculous, you know, and he has that feathery touch, that soft touch oh. off the glass, off balance. You know how hard that is when you're flying yeah. like that to just yeah. drop it up where, where you're right. It's like, it just catches it and goes, it's, it's amazing. He, he I did it all of last year. He, he did it last night. Yeah. I mean, once he explodes to the hoop, it's, it's, it's a given. Unless you got a big man down low to make him alter his shot, you can't stop it. There's not a guard in the NBA that can stay with him step for step off the dribble. No, yeah. Not one. He has blinding speed. He does. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, Devontae Smith is out there practicing. That's good. He had a little little issue uh, earlier, but he's fine. Um, So, yeah, again, we'll pass along anything we get here uh, on anybody who isn't practicing. Aside from that, Gunner, um, Flyers win. Don't look now, Derek. 4-2-1 for the orange and black. Hey, look. Let them keep building that. Let them quietly continue to build that resume. And in the cold, deep, dark days of January and February, when we're clamoring for sports and we look up and say, the Flyers have a winning record? Yeah, I know. Hey, let's check this team out. Look out. They could surprise you, man. Let's let's take a closer look at this team. One thing I've noticed, they play way harder this year, and it feels like the parts fit a lot more. And now they started off pretty well last year and then they fell apart. But I'm just telling you, like, I like what I see here thus far from these guys. I like the effort. Um, I couldn't agree with you more. They're not, they're not a star studded team. Um, they're, they're a team that's in rebuild mode, <clears throat> but where they are right now at four, two and one much better scenario than being over the season and, and everybody going, see, I told you about these flyers. See, um, see sport sports in 88. Flyers having a winning record and he's laughing. I said, all right, keep laughing. Keep laughing. If the Flyers, if the Flyers all of a sudden pop up around Christmas and early January with a winning record, sports on 88, I want to see, I want to hear what you're saying then. I'm not saying, I'm not guaranteeing anything. Right. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah. Anything is sports. Anything is possible. Yeah. If we didn't learn that uh this week, <laughs> you're up 2-0. I mean, you're up uh you need one game going back to your place, and I don't want to bring the Phillies back up anyway. All right, here's well, the latest on Jordan Davis. Here right, it is. Yes, please. Um, I said, what's up with Jordan Davis' hammy? Is he in or out? The response is, in so far, we'll work out tomorrow and see what he can do. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, that, look, that's that's 
that's encouraging. I mean, yeah, they do their walkthroughs tomorrow uh, for a Sunday game like that. Then they'll hop on uh, a bus. They, they bus or trained to, to Washington, Gunner. They usually train. Okay. Yeah. So either way, I mean, they'll go through their walkthrough in the morning, late morning, early afternoon. They'll hop on the train. They'll head down to DC and then they'll settle in. So yeah, I think I, it's I think it's up in the air. I, I think that sounds like it's up in the air. We'll we'll see how he does tomorrow. They're trying to be cautious with him. I totally understand that. Totally. Uh-huh. Um, by the way, at, at 12 o'clock, we're going to talk to Mitch Tischler, Mitch Tischler from, uh, monumental sports, which used to be NBC sports, Philadelphia. What? Say that fast three times. No, I don't want to say it fast. Ten times. Uh, <laughs> he does the beltway football pod. So he is, uh, he is going to be, you know, we, we like to go behind enemy lines here and see what's going on with, uh, with the other team and always check in on, on their city. So he'll give us the latest on what's happening with Washington and, you know, preview this game. So we'll dive into that. We're going to have a little fun at, at coming up next at 1130. So I set like 15 over-unders for this game, Derek, uh, yep. for the Eagles-Commanders yep. game. Example would be Eagles four and a half sacks. That's an example of some of the questions that I'll be I'll be throwing your way. And we want everybody in the chat to jump in on these as well. So um, I got a bunch. Offense, defense. I worked in the special teams. I worked in the tush-push. We got all kinds of stuff uh, that I'll hit you with. We'll do our full-blown week eight best games NFL segment. We'll look back at last night's game uh, between the Bucks and the Bills. Uh, we'll do. We'll dig a little bit more into the Sixers. We'll look ahead to the uh, the NFC East with the Cowboys have the, on tap this weekend. Giants are playing the Jets, so we'll dig into all those kind of things uh, when we come back. We got a lot in store for you throughout this Friday. So looking forward to it. Tone, I will do blocks here. We will do blocks here. Um, so yes, Derek Gunn. Rob Ellis hanging with you. And when we come back, like I said, uh, we'll dig into a lot of these things. And I think the other thing that's, that's going to be going to be fun is just kind of looking at this game and how different it may look from uh, from the first game when these two teams played. All right. We'll be right back. Uh, let me first tell you right now about the good folks at Blocks because Blocks, look, it's B L O C S in case you weren't sure. And, you know, Blocks is a great, great way. And it, it, it's, a, it's an awesome way for you to give back to others uh, in need. Uh, that's for sure. So uh, it's the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania. Uh, you can spend your PA tax dollars more efficiently. You can fund a scholarship for a student in need and get a 90% tax credit refund. Uh, they've raised $110 million in scholarship dollars just this past year, all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. They've awarded more than 17,000 need-based scholarships, and they do that annually. Uh, You can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. Participation in the program is simple, takes only a few minutes, and you can send your check to Blocks, B-L-O-C-S, and they do the rest. It's that simple. Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit for more information. Development officers are standing by to answer any questions, or you could also have your accountant or your financial advisor contact them, and they'll walk you through the process. Uh, demand for tuition assistance outpaces the supply of tax credit scholarships by nearly three to one, but there is little to no out-of-pocket cost to you to participate. For a few hundred dollars, you can fund a child's full-year tuition at a Catholic or private school. 96 cents, 96 cents of every dollar raised by blocks goes directly into the hands of a family who qualifies for tuition assistance and can be only used for scholarships and tuition.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Friday, we are Sports Take. Please hit that like button if you could, folks. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis hanging with you. I need to pass along a note. An avid viewer, watcher, listener of our show, Derek. Yeah. Brendan McVeigh. Uh, McVeigh. Yeah. McVeigh, excuse me. I, I don't want to mess his name up. Like Sean McVeigh, okay? Brendan's awesome. So he said, a Friday note for Sports Take that I hope we'll be able to you know mention here. He says, in this era of hot takey, nonsensical BS content and engagement you get on other platforms, I would much rather come to this platform, which is like looking out over the, a sea that looks like glass. Robbie E. with his complex, thought-provoking topics tossed over the dulcet, engaging tones of D-Gun, and you toss all the topics back and forth with polite, mental-stoking approach. That is what I get out of this show and that other reasons why I keep coming back to this show. While the other side is equivalent to looking out over a white cap return, your lunch, that see type of stuff. The tavern is open. Have a wonderful weekend, D-Gun. And I hope you have an amazing turnout at your church. That's Brendan checking in from Horsham, PA. He is a great dude. That's an awesome. I, we have to get that like tattooed on our on our arms, I think. Hey, look, dude. Hey, hey, hire that dude as our PR special. Brendan McVeigh, my man. You know what? Um. Yeah, but but Rob, that's what we've done our whole careers. We like to have fun. Yeah. You know, you know, my wife wishes I would grow up sometimes. I have no intentions of growing up, but 
I don't put anything out there over four decades of, of doing this stuff and covering co sports, mostly football, but covering every sport you can think of coast to coast. I don't put anything out there unless I have facts to support it. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, I've always considered Rob to be a mental stoker. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah, they, man, they're on fire in the chat section today, man. They it it must fire. be Halloween weekend. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Oh, God. Tuesday. Believe it or not. Yes. Oh, man. Your candy, D gun. Get your candy ready. Oh my goodness. All right. Let's do some uh let's do some over-unders here. Let's do some over-unders. So the actual over-under. So the the point spread for the Eagles commanders game is seven. It that moved up a little bit. It was six and a half earlier okay. in the week, Derek. So it's up to seven. And the over-under is 43 and a half. So I, I just thinking about that. I'm like, you know, we haven't done an over-under in a while. So let's have some fun with these. So I'll bounce them off you. You tell me what you think, okay? You're gonna you go right. over these are just the ones that I set. This is not Las Vegas or anything like that. This this is not the sports book at Ocean. This is just me, you know, basically making them up. All right. So we know that Sam Howell already has 40, it has been sacked 40 times, Derek. Yeah, you, you know what the pace is? What number he's on pace for? 90 something. 97, <laughs> which is shattering the all-time record, by the way. Like destroying it if that's if it stays. Yeah, the way. record is like seventy six or something like that. It was, I think, it was David Carr with the Texans when they were an expansion team. Jeez. Yeah, he got beat up uh, pretty good. All right, so I'll just set it for this game. Over under Eagles sacks recorded. Oh, four and a half. Four Ooh. and a half. Ooh, it's a tough number. Um, Washington is giving up an average of just under six a game. Yep. Young Sam Howell, it's a good thing he's a young man so his body can heal quicker than if this was a quarterback who was like 30 years old. I'm yeah. putting it at the over. I'm, you know, right now the Eagles are tied for third in the NFL in sacks with Miami with 24. Mm -hmm. Good number. Yeah, um, good number. I expect them to be close to 30 when this game is all said and done. You know, surprisingly enough, Washington is tied for fourth with 23. So they get after the quarterback pretty good also. Yeah, no, 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 yeah, agreed, agreed. But, but the Eagles' offensive line is a much better collection of athletes than Washington's, and so I will say, you said four and a half. I will definitely put that over. I'll take the over on that one. I like the over too. I like five. I do. I, I know it sounds like I'm just going over, but I think five is a good number for this game. Uh, you know, seven. Jordan Davis could impact that. You know, not true, playing because he, even if he doesn't get a sack, he, he's getting that push up the middle. Uh, but the way Sweat's playing right now. And, and Reddick didn't have a sack last week, but he was good against the run. But when you have Sweat and Reddick and Jordan Davis and Fletcher Cox, right? I'm liking the over. I'm liking. I'm liking five on that number. Okay. Yeah. Now, now Chris Hatcher McMullen says under Washington seems to up their game against us. You're right. Even with the beat up O line, look at last time they played. Well, the last time they played, they sacked. Um, Sam Howell five times. Yeah, it was five. It wasn't like they didn't so, get to Sam Howell. I don't. I'm not yeah. sure. It was it was five last time they got up, and that was that was when we thought Washington was on on the cusp of rising, and all of a sudden, man, they're borderline crashing and burning. They've lost four of their last five, and they're giving up. Except for the last game against the Giants, they're giving up chunks of real estate and points. You know, um, it, it's true. It's a divisional game. Um, Jonathan Allen came out, and I guarantee you, when he was when he spoke to the media, he was speaking for a lot of people in that locker room about how ticked off they are. And embarrassed in a lot of ways. Um, and they're what three and four now, I believe. That's so right. It, they can give they have a lot. They're at home. 
they they took the Eagles to overtime. Yep. Oh, they should be feeling good they, at, at their yeah. place. Yeah, yep. they, they they went to overtime with the Eagles. They should feel they're, good about that. They're I agree. Ticked off because they got held to seven points by the Giants. And if you look at how the game played out, they shot themselves in the foot in a lot of ways. Yeah, they did. But the offensive line gave up. I mean, they beat the, the Giants' offensive line beat poor Sam Howell to a pulp. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you remember uh, the first game? Morrow had three, Sweat had one, and Reddick had yep, one. The yep. first time these two teams met. Yep. It's it's um it, it's it's always a different scenario when you talk about divisional games, and that's in any division you play. You know, you can identify, yes, on paper, personnel-wise, points-wise, all the stats favor the Eagles, but they favor the Eagles against the Jets with no Aaron Rodgers and their top four DBs out. Right, right. And the Eagles were held to no points over the last two and a half quarters of that game. Mm-hmm. Now, Jack Del Rio, Del Rio used to be an outstanding defensive coordinator. Um, he's not Robert Sala, but I, I will say this. I guarantee you Del Rio has talked to some of the seven previous DCs that the Eagles have played to get some pointers here. So I expect the Eagles to come out of this game, win, lose, or draw, saying they gave us some looks we had not seen on film. I agree. I agree with that. All right. uh, I'm going to jump around. I'll go offense here for you. Offense, okay. A.J. Brown. I set this one pretty high now that I look at it, but what the heck. 130 receiving yards. Are you kidding me? When you when you look at what he's averaged over the last five games, which has elevated him to 819 receiving yards. I mean, the last time he played Washington a few weeks ago, he had nine catches for a buck seventy-five and two touchdowns. Yeah, 19 yards per catch, almost 19 why, and a half. Why do you think that's going to change? Yeah, I guess the buck thirty's not that high now that I think about it. Never did, mind. Did, did Washington change the their entire back end of their defense? I don't no. think so. No. So what I would say. The over-under should have been 160. <laughs> all right. All right. Um, yeah, I think I'm over. You know what? As a matter of fact, yes, I'm over as well. Uh, so we're over on the first two. Yes. Now, I will say this. I don't think you'll get a buck 75 because I think they'll do make a more concerted effort to try to take him out of the game. I think you'll get over 100, but I don't think he'll get a, a 100, 175. Okay. All right. All right. I'm going to stay on the offense for a minute. The running game has been okay. Not great. Yet right. Lately. Not special by any stretch. Let me go with Swift for 75 rushing yards. Now, last game, Gunner, he had 14 rushes, 56 yards against Washington, which was four yards per carry. Again, okay, but not special. 75, uh, when we haven't seen a big running day from him in a, in a minute, uh, you going over or under on that one? Um, That's a tough one. Let's see. Washington held the Eagles to 104 yards rushing the last time they played. Right. Um, Washington forced the Eagles to throw the ball more, and that's how they beat them through the air. They used the ground ground game to try to make it respectable. Let's see, DeAndre over seventy five. He had fifty six on fourteen carries. I'm going to say under. I'm going under too. I, I think he's in the sixties. I, I think the sixties is probably fair. He's going to catch a couple which will offshoot that a little bit. Um, I'd love to see him get going. Like, I'd, I'd like to see him get a day over 100. But I I need to see it before I believe it with that. So I'm, I'm going under as well. So I think we're both in the in the under there. Yeah, I, I expect the team to have over 100 yards rushing, and that's with Jalen Hurts 
probably running the ball. He'll have a couple of design runs, although I'm against that, considering he'll probably be wearing that knee brace. Yeah. But he'll have to he'll have to run uh, a few times out of necessity uh, because of the pressure that, that Washington's defensive front can present. I expect the team to be over 100 yards, but I will I will stay at the under with uh, DeAndre Swift. All right, um, let me go back, jump back to defense for a minute here. Josh Sweat, one and a half sacks individually. I'm going one and a half on him. Does he get over, over that or under that? Over. I think over. I think he's okay. going to have two or three in this game. It feels of, like a big sweat day. It does. Because Washington is going to be playing from behind, and Sam Howell, poor Sam Howell is going to have to put the ball up a lot more than he wants to because if, if Jordan Davis – I will say this. If Jordan David, Davis doesn't play, Washington, which ran for 107 yards on the Eagles last time, has a good chance of having a better running game. Yeah, they're going to pound the ball, if that, I think, if Davis is. Now, it yes. doesn't mean Carter and, and Fletcher Cox and those guys can't do their thing, but I would agree right. they'll try and run right. it more. Yeah, yeah. And if, which if they have success running the ball, it makes their offense that much more balanced. means the linebackers are going to start cheating up towards the line of scrimmage. Yep. They could get more one-on-one isolation with Terry McLaurin um, and, and, and Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson. Yep. Um, I can see if, if they have success running the ball, I can see them going to play action more, sprint sprint draws, plays like that. Um, yeah. Ooh. That, that, that's going to be interesting, Rob. That's going to be okay. interesting. All right. Uh, Hurts, 300 passing yards. Yes. Over, under. Over. Over, because I think Washington's run defense is going to force the Eagles to throw the ball more, and I don't think Washington has the personnel on the back end to cover all these Eagles and pass catchers. So I think he's going to have over a 300-yard day passing on Sunday. Yeah, it's trending that way for him, um, yeah. for sure. All right, over under Hertz turnovers. A oh. half. Will he have one or more? I'm putting it at a half. One or and more. Half? Yeah, just it's a half. You got You got to pick yeah. either side. Does he have under that or over that? In other words, will he will he have a turnover or not? Basically, is is what it comes down to. Uh, let me see here. Hold on, keep talking. I got to check one thing here. Okay, so he's uh, up to ten on the season. He has eight interceptions, two fumbles. He he had a fumble and a pick last week against the Dolphins, and the Eagles were able to overcome it. What do you think? Okay, you said you said a half. Yeah. In other words, will he have a turnover or not? Basically, that's what it comes uh, to. I'm going to say. I, I'm going to say. I'm going to say over. I'm saying over until he shows me he can take care of the ball, not turn it over. Let's see. Washington has taken the ball away 10 times. Five five picks, five fumble recoveries. He didn't have any in their first meeting. No, he didn't. Yeah. He, it, was, it was one but, of his cleaner games that he's played all year. But there's something going on, and, and he's not and, – and I don't I don't even attribute it to <clears throat> his his potential leg injury. Something about his overall game. He's still a, he's still a phenomenal athlete, but there's something about his overall game that's that's missing. And I think the dude has what eight turnovers already in seven games. Uh, so he's got ten. He's got ten turnovers in seven. Eight games. Eight interceptions, two fumbles. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say there's some. See, when you start, have, he was so meticulous with the ball, you didn't even think about it. Mm-hmm. I think you're starting to think about these things now. It's got it's got to get in your head a little bit. It has yeah. to. It's human nature. It has to. So I'm going to say ten. I mean, I'm going to say over. You okay. you put it in real low. If you had said like two, I'd have been like, I don't. Know. I think you'll have at least one. 
At least Fair one. enough. Fair yeah. enough. All right. Um, tush push. I have said it at the Eagles will go three for three. Will there be less? Will there be more? Will they not be successful on one? Any of those things could push it one way or the other to to an under or an over. With, three with, for three, man. They were uh, four for four last week, just to, to put it in perspective a little bit. I got to leave that one at a push. All right. You think it will be three for three? Okay. I think it'll be three. Yeah. Okay. All right. I, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to say that they're going to get more than three opportunities with a tush push. Steve, I calls it the cheek squeak. <laughs> Brotherly shove, tush push. Whatever. Oh, my goodness. Uh-huh. All right. I, I, I'm with you. I'm going, I'm going under, I'm going to go. So I think they're only going to get two chances. I think they'll be successful on both, but I, I'm all, I think they only get two shots at it. Okay. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Um, wow. All right. Devonte Smith. It's been quiet. Yes. Been quiet lately. I'll start. I have two different ones. I want to hit you with. I'll start with this one. Five receptions for Devonte over under. I'm going to go over because if, if, Jack Del Rio is smart. He tries to defuse AJ. And that means you're putting double coverage on him. Um, and Devontae will have more one-on-one situations. Uh, Devontae has been relatively silent all season. Kind of quiet, you yeah. know. Yeah. Because because AJ has been getting so many balls. So I'm going to say he's going to have over five catches. I like over. I like your logic on it. but And he also had seven for 78 last time. I, I think you're getting to a point where it's like, We'll let anybody else hurt us but A.J. Brown. And if somebody else does, they, you know, yep. so be it. And, and so. like I said, because Washington will make such a concerted effort to stop the run, Yeah, Jalen's going to throw the ball more. More people are going to get pass-catching opportunities. That includes Goddard. That could be includes, includes, include uh, Swift on uh, swing passes, out of the backfield, screen passes, things of those nature. Um, when, when when A.J. is is taken out of a game, which is hard to do, Who's the next man up? Devontae. Right. So I will say yes. I will stick with the over on him in terms of catches. Okay. How about yards? I have it at 80. Now he had 78 last time. 80 receiving yards. I'm gonna go. I'll go over. Okay. I'll go over. Yeah, okay. I'll go over because I, I think I think Washington is back end of their defense is very porous. I really do. You fair know? enough. Right, Any fair success enough. they have will be predicated on how much the front seven can get pressure on Jalen Hurts. That's what it's all about. That's what it's yep. all about for them. Um, Goddard, 60 receiving yards. 6-0. Ooh. Ooh. I'm, I'm going under. Uh, I, I slight under. I think he's in the he had, he had two for 25 last time. and that, But that was before. They hadn't figured it out yet. They hadn't figured it out with him. Yeah. The last couple of games, he's been more prominent. You're saying 60, 60 yards. I'm going to go under still. I'll stick okay. with the under. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm going to go slightly under. It doesn't mean he has a bad game. No. Um, but I don't. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm not. Uh, I need to see it for another game before I believe it. All right. He might. He might bust one on a on a tight end screen like he did last week. Yeah. Um, which will really jack up his yards. But I think in a bigger scheme of things, I'm going to say under sixty. All right. Um, this this one, I, I'm asking this sort of based on the Eagles' struggles in the red zone. Although last week wasn't terrible. They were four for six. But Jake Elliott field goals, two and a half. I think he'll get more touchdowns. I'm going to say under. Okay. That's a good sign then. I'll say under. Yeah, because they're going to score more touchdowns this game. I'm, uh, 
I'm going to say over. I think it's three. I hope I'm wrong. Really? Yeah, I hope I'm wrong. I'm, I'm that means still... you're not putting the ball in the end zone then. It does mean that. Yeah, it does mean that. Whoa. We'll see. Again, that's one Whoa. where I hope Monday we're sitting here and you're saying, Rob, you had the oh, you had the under. You're wrong. I hope so. Whoa, uh, whoa, right. whoa. Uh, yeah, listen. All right, over, under, Eagles points. Eagles points, 24 and a half. Eagles points, not total points. I'll say over. Okay. I do. I think it's an over. I think they're in the 30s. I think they get in the low 30s in this game again. Wow. Low 34 30s. last time, Derek. It went to overtime, but you, they got 34 the last time. I'm right there teetering on that 28 to 31 range, 28 to 31. Okay. Um, I'll say I'll say over. Okay. Okay. I, I it's an over for me. It's a I can't see them not getting 28 points in this game. I I, I just I don't see it. I what you look at Washington's numbers, they're not good defensively. No, 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 they're not. No. If if the Giants defense can hold Washington to seven, that means the Eagles defense will be getting the ball back a lot more for their offense, giving the offense a lot more opportunities to score. So yeah, I'll say I'll say over. I, you know, I tell you, man, um, I don't know. You were probably en route to uh, to Ocean on uh, last Sunday. I watched that game. That game was brutal. Brutal to watch. Was it? Oh, my God. It was terrible. It really it was inept. Bad offense. Just it, it was not a good. Like, I enjoy a defensive battle. I could watch a 14-7 game if it's great defense, and I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. That wasn't what that game was. It was two teams that aren't very good is, is what here, it was. You're talking about Washington and the Giants? Yes. Okay, here, here's here's my only concern. Washington was so bad on offense. Eric Bieniemy's coming up with something this week that, that, that we haven't seen yet to make yeah. them look a little better to try to loosen up that Eagles defense. Yeah. Will it equate to more points? You know, I think Washington will score more points than they did against the Giants, but I still think they'll lose by double digits to the Eagles. You know, yeah. Um, but but Eric Bieniemy um, at the helm of, of doing something with that offense. What wrinkles does he have for the Eagles this Sunday? Well, I'll tell you this: I I thought he had a really good game plan the last time, and it's by far the best game I've watched him play. Sam Howell. By him, I mean Sam Howell. It's the it's the right, best right. I've seen him play. Yes. I, I thought he played very well in the game. I, I thought he got the ball out quick. I thought he played smart. Uh, stat back, past three games, Eagles defense is only giving up 183 yards per game. That's a phenomenal number. Yeah, it is. Um, the the other thing, and good work out of uh, out of tone and the and the and the stat fact crew. Um, I think the other thing that's impressive is if you look at the point totals that the defense really gave up. Yes. You know they gave up. 12 against the Jets and 10 last week. Well, you could even make an argument for seven. So they're, the defense appears to be really turning the corner in a good place and being in a good place right now. That's for sure. Sam Sam Howell had 290 yards passing against the Eagles last time. And then the next week against a sieve of a Chicago defense, he had 388. Um, after that, he, he had a buck 51 against Atlanta. And then turned around and had 249 against the Giants. Um, when you look at his overall numbers, now in his last three games, he's had five touchdown passes and two interceptions. His most glaring, his most glaring negative game was week three against Buffalo when they got sla- slapped silly 37 to 3. 
he had no touchdown passes and four interceptions. Mm-hmm. So since let's say since that Buffalo game, week three, he's had six touchdown passes, two interceptions. So he tells me he's seeing the field better. Now he played he played the Eagles, one touchdown, no pick. Yeah. Outside of that, outside of the Eagles, beyond that, Chicago, Atlanta, and the Giants defenses are nothing to write home about. Right. Um, and, and again, Washington shot themselves in the foot. Um, I, hate, I hate to say this, you know, you're right. I was driving driving to Atlantic City, but also. I was watching the game in my car. Uh oh. That's that's our secret. Now she just left. I can I can talk out loud now. She just (laughs) left. So I don't have to be afraid of her. Okay. But yeah, I was watching on the NFL app on my 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 dash, had my phone up. Mm -hmm. I was watching the game. And there's no question Washington shot themselves in the foot time and time again. Now, was it because the Giants got so much pressure on Sam Howell? Probably. Um but he had that off day. So so if I'm Sean Desai, I'm looking at what the Giants did. All right, all we got to do is, is 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 ramp up the pressure. I mean, if if the Giants sacked them six times, um, we can get to them at least five. I mean, dude, look at this this numbers. This is just his sack numbers seven weeks in a row. Yeah. Six, four, nine. Buffalo dropped them nine times. Five, 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 six. So five the last four games. When you're thinking that they're going to change the line calls and line protection to make it look better, it's been just as bad for the last four weeks. Yeah, you're right. No, you're right. No, you're right. Listen, you you are. I, I think it's a it, it's 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 a different story, man. With them, they're they're just they're the worst pass protecting team there is in football, and it's not oh. it's not even really close. And that feeds right into the Eagles' strength. I mean, Eagles' strength is their is their lines. It's the offensive line and the defensive line, arguably the best combination in football. And th- this is a game they should be able to get after him. And I, this is the game where I think you force him into mistakes. You know, he got the kind of you got to him a bunch of times last. I mean, that last game, Nicholas Morrow had three sacks, which I don't expect that to happen again. No, but no. I do expect them to get to him and force him into into making some errors. All right, I expect Reddick to have at least two. I agree with you. I think Reddick and Sweat go off. All right, let's take a time out here, D-Gun. Let's come back. Uh, we're going to talk to Mitch Tischler. Got it right. Mitch Tischler of Monumental Sports. He does the Beltway Football Podcast. So we'll talk to him, get his take on all things Eagles and uh, and Washington Commanders. When we come back, don't go anywhere. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take. All right, let's talk about Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I'll be there a little later today. Yes, I will. Uh, family owned since 1985. Alex and the crew. Uh, are just awesome each and every week, turning out unbelievable variety of food. Uh, they have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. Uh, they have the you name it. They will make it specialized pizza your way. But they also have fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, salads, if you're not up for pizza. Bravo's also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charity, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You could follow them at the Bravo Pizza of, at the Bravo Pizza of, on Instagram and Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're located at 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center. 1305 Westchester Pike, Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Here's a little bit more on Bravo Pizza of Havertown. I remember getting my heart broken when they lost the Super Bowl in 2004. We were big Eagles fans. 
We moved to South Philly because of the Eagles. When they won, we went straight to Broad Street and uh, everybody was going nuts over there and it was just a, a memory that you'll never forget. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. And we are back. Thanks for hanging out with us. We do appreciate it. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn. We are Sports Day. Please hit the like button if you could, friends. All right. Joining us right now, uh, he covers the Washington Commanders Monumental Sports. He does the Beltway Football Podcast uh, with our our buddy J.P. Finlay, who we've had on the show uh, many times. And he joins us right now. That is Mitch Tischler. Mitch, welcome to the show. How you doing? How you doing? I'm doing man? great. How you guys doing? Good to see you, man. Doing really good, Mitch. Doing really good, man. Um, let I we'd love to get your perspective, Mitch, because you know we the first game was very tight, 34-31. Eagles won in overtime. A game Washington clearly could have won that game. 
So you're thinking, all right, could be could be a pretty good game. You watch last week, though, and the effort was, let's just say, not great, uh, to say the least. Uh, what is this Washington team? I think exactly what you've seen kind of the past uh, three, four weeks. They're kind of a roller coaster. Uh, week by week, they play up to their opponents. They play down to their opponents. And for whatever reason, under the last uh, four years under Ron Rivera, they've played the Eagles uh, pretty tight, uh, mostly. So that's been uh, probably the, the best opponent that they've played the best against so far. But it's a matter of whether these guys can come out and, and play fired up. I mean, that, that last game in Philly was the only game of the season they scored um, in their first possession of the game. And they had a lead. And, and it's, it's not something this team has gotten used to doing. They've played from behind. Uh, just about every week, and uh, mostly it's been due to, to a really poor and porous defense. Hey, Mitch, uh, earlier in the week, we heard Jonathan Allen come out and just just basically just let the emotions flow. And, you know, anytime one player says that, you know that's a sentiment across the board in a locker room. They've lost four of the last five. It is, is, it, is it too early to say that Ron Rivera could be on the cusp of losing this team? No, I don't think Ron's on the cusp of losing his team. I think for the most part, the players like Ron. I think they're frustrated with what's been happening here in D.C. And and to a man, they can't put their finger on it, but they just basically never come out with any fire um, at the starts of these games. And, you know, it's been when the offense is good, the defense is, is bad. When the defense is good, the offense is bad. And they haven't really been able to put together a full game. I mean, again, that game against Philly was the best game they played this season and you know they gave up 34 points to him so you know you can only take so much from that but um you know John Allen speaks for the locker room he's a team leader um and he is frustrated and you know this has become a kind of yearly tradition from John or and some of the other leaders in the commander's locker room of being frustrated and and kind of letting it loose but at the end of the day John Allen's a guy who's been here for 7 years he's the second longest tenured commander on this team mm. and so he can be frustrated all he wants with the slow starts and the lack of enthusiasm and kind of all these different things that, uh, you know, that he's complaining about, but he's a team leader. He's part of the problem. And, you know, John is a good football player and, and a good voice in that locker room and a, and a guy who kind of keeps this team together, but it rings a little hollow when, when, you know, your team leader is talking about not being able to get guys fired up for the games, because at some point it's gotta be on the players to just step up and go all out with it. And that just hasn't mm -hmm. happened here. Uh, actually, it hasn't really happened in the four years since Ron has been here, but mostly this year. Wow. Mitch, we're, we're trying to figure out how Sam Howell is still upright at this point. 40 sacks, man. I, I mean, th this dude is taking a beating. Um, how much of it is him, young guy? We've we've seen it with Carson Wentz. You've seen it with Carson Wentz. Holds the ball <laughs> too long, um, you know, and takes a sack versus this guy never really had a chance on that play, and they're not protecting him very well. Yeah, I mean, the sacks are bad. He's taken 40 so far this season. Um, what's worse is one in every four times he drops back to pass, he, he takes a hit. I mean, how this guy is, has stayed upright is is beyond me. And, and it shows, you know, his his, uh, his intestinal fortitude and, and the type of player that he is that he'll continue uh, to, to stand up there and, and take those hits. Um, last week against the Giants was really the first time that I felt like Sam Howell was, was overmatched, was a little bit lost, was, you know, maybe seeing ghosts per se mm -hmm. and uh, not doing a good job kind of handling blitzes, both identifying them and, and calling them out. But the issue has been kind of across the board. The O-line is bad. The play calling has been pretty bad. has been mediocre to bad. You know, he holds the ball too long. And 
quite frankly, the receivers haven't done a good job of uh, getting separation when they've been left on an island. I mean, the one thing that teams have noticed against the commanders is that if you blitz them, you're going to win. And, you know, Wink Martindale and the Giants last week did that to a T and, you know, proved that 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 they have that the, the receivers are having trouble getting off some of those sticky corners. And, and that creates a problem in and of itself. So, you know, it, it's not a Carson Wentz situation where, you know, you can you can pretty much, you know, narrow it down to it's the quarterback's fault. Um, this is this is a this is an offensive identity issue that this team has had. And, you know, it starts from uh, the lack of investment in the offensive line and has uh, continued through to uh, Eric Bieniemy being stuck in a situation where, you know, the, the commanders have uh, invested the least amount of capital in the NFL on their starting offensive line. And, you know, it's one of those things that you reap what you sow. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. That was my next question. The offensive line was bad last year. How did they just omit not addressing that issue this past offseason? I, I don't understand that, especially if you knew then you had to have some inkling once that last season ended that we're going to start leaning towards Sam Howell. No matter what they thought they might draft, what they may have been thinking about in terms of free agent quarterback, hey, we've got to go with this kid Sam Howell to find out what he can do. If we're going to do that, we have to do a better job of protecting him. How did they totally neglect that? I got to be honest. I think it speaks to a bigger problem across the NFL where offensive coordinators and, and you know, uh, guys who are running, running, those, running that side of the ball are in love with their schemes. Their scheme is their scheme, and their scheme is good enough to win. It's just up to the players to execute it. And, you know, the commanders did have a couple guys in-house uh, on the offensive line who they were excited about seeing and thought they could step in at guard and kind of help out. And uh, that's Sidney Charles, who was a, a 20, 2020 fourth-round draft pick out of LSU. Um, he started intermittently the past couple of years, but has dealt with some injuries. He was a tackle in college. They moved him to the inside. Kind of the same thing with Sam Cosme, who was a second rounder out of Texas a couple of years ago. He was a right tackle that they kicked back inside to guard. And so, you know, and they and so they thought that they kind of fixed a couple of the problems because last year the guards in the interior of that O-line were were really a problem. They went out and signed Nick Gates, who's a you know, a guy that that folks in the NFC East know well from his time in uh in New York. And, you know, Eric Bienemy brought over his guy and Andrew Wiley, you know, to play to play right tackle. So Sadly, I think they did think they addressed the offensive line, and I think they did think they improved it some. They drafted a third, a third round center and a fourth round, you know, offensive tackle. So, you know, they they used a little bit of draft capital on it. But at the end of the day, you know, since they got rid of Trent Williams, since they got rid of Brandon Sheriff, they've done nothing to try and rebolster this group and and have tried to operate, you know, in the quick passing game and and uh, and uh, and and you know misdirection uh so to speak and it just quite frankly hasn't worked and you know with a guy like like sam Howell back there who wants to give his receivers every opportunity to make a play he'll hold the ball you know try and let his guys get open and, and throw into tight tight windows but you have a combination of five-step drops with a bad offensive line and a quarterback that wants to hold the ball and we know you know what that end result is Mm. Mitch, you brought up uh, Eric Bieniemy, and and look, you, you may have answered that it, it may not be. I don't care who the coordinator is, if you don't have a good O line, it's tough. But are, are you impressed at the way he's, you know, called plays, coordinated, whatever terminology you want to use? Because a lot of us <laughs> look at it and they say, you know, they look at it. If Ron's out of there, he's going to take this thing over. Uh, how do you view what what you've gotten from Bieniemy so far? So I've been very impressed with Bieniemy within the organization in that. 
he took over kind of training camp and he ran, you know, he, he set up training camp the way that he wanted it. The players days off is now Monday instead of Tuesday, like most NFL, you know, most NFL teams. So he's taken over a lot of the behind the scenes operations of this football team. Mm. And I was impressed, particularly during training camp with kind of the speed and efficiency and, you know, um, and, and enthusiasm that he brought to the brought to the field. But as we've gotten into the season, the enemy's play calling has not been particularly good. Um, mm. He's a guy who has who's not done a good job of kind of reacting to what he has and adjusting. And ultimately, you're looking at a football team that a couple of weeks ago threw the ball 55 straight times in a game, and they're Jeez. running at they're passing a at a 70 to 30, 72 28 clip pass to run. And even on top of that, you know, if you have a poor offensive line then, you know, you want to get the ball out of your quarterback's hands fast. And so I love, you know, some of those quick pop passes and and screen passes and, and shuttle screens and all these different things that you can do to kind of get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. And they're kind of not doing that. He's sticking with these five, seven-step drops and these long developing plays, and it's become a problem. I mean, you know, the 40 sacks, I, I, don't, I don't give PFF – you know, all the credit in the world for their metrics or whatever. But I believe they've only credited about half of those sacks to the offensive line, which puts the other half on the quarterback and, and, and the system. And so, you know, it is a new system for him and it's new players. And, you know, we are only seven games into the season, so there is room for room for improvement. And I think particularly starting this week, you're going to see a concerted effort to, to get that ball out quick. I think you're going to see a couple, uh, quick pop passes to, uh, so Curtis Samuel and Jahan Dotson, they're going to run a couple shuttle screens to Terry McLaurin. And especially when you get a defensive line that's as aggressive and good as the Eagles is, it creates opportunities for in the screen game. So um, I, I'd look for I'd look for a little bit more misdirection from the commander's offense this week and uh, and and hopefully a little bit more of a commit to the run because it's tough to, to be successful when you throw the ball as often as they do. Even even though the commanders have lost four of their last five, is the fan base from your perspective still enthusiastic about the new direction of the team, you know, with the ownership, with Magic Johnson and, and, and that crew in there now or now? Or is it right back to where you thought they would be in terms of the team's losing, fan base is grumbling again? Fans are very excited about the new ownership and some of the things that, you know, are happening kind of behind the scenes they're equally as frustrated with what's happening on the football field. And yeah. we're at a point that everyone was so excited to get Dan Snyder out and get a new owner in yeah. that when Josh Harris took over, everybody was, you know, excited. They'd sell outs um, for their first three home games. You know, fans were in the stands. It wasn't, you know, the opposing teams uh, taking over FedEx field. Like we, like we've seen now that we're getting into the season and, and the losing's happening and the poor play folks are still frustrated. And now it's, Hey, you know, we got rid of Dan Snyder, but the Dan Snyder holdovers are still in the building. And, you know, everyone wants to essentially set, you know, press reset and uh, and start all over again. And, you know, to be quite honest, barring a miraculous turnaround uh, from this team, I starting January 10th, I imagine there's going to be big changes uh, both on the business side and the football side of this uh, commander's team. Do, do you see a situation where the enemy stays on and takes over as head coach, or will this be a a house cleaning? Do you think altogether, Mitch? I think the enemy has an opportunity to, um, based on the way the first couple of weeks have gone, I would say no, but that doesn't mean that he can't progress into that, progress into that role. Um, Like I said, 
the behind the scenes stuff, the the football operation stuff that a lot of you know head coaches take on their shoulders. I believe he's done a good job with, and he's changed a lot of the way that the practices are run. You know, one thing that we always uh, saw during training camp was kind of lackadaisical jogging between periods and guys joking around and taking water break. You know, just kind of not not the most buttoned up football operation. And the enemy doesn't stand for any of that. And that, that was a big surprise to us when we started seeing it on the practice field. Mm-hmm. And it was a big surprise to the players. I, I don't know if you guys, if it made your radar, but during training camp, there was a report that the players had gone to Ron Rivera to complain that the enemy mm-hmm. was, you know, working them too hard. I, you know, I, I don't doubt that there were players that were taken aback by it, probably some veterans who weren't used to hustling and running and working as hard as they were. But that's also the characteristics of good NFL franchises. We've seen the commanders do joint practices with enough teams who are disciplined and do run between, you know, between drills. And, you know, you may think of it as, you know, as peewee football stuff, but that's the type of stuff that, that good organizations do. So I, the enemy certainly has an opportunity to do that. I think his play calling and his adjust his in-game adjustments need to take a big step up. If you're really going to consider him to be uh, to be a head coach next year here in DC. I saw I saw a couple of weeks ago that the first round pick Emmanuel Forbes had lost his starting job, um, but but the defense as a whole is right there tied fourth in the league in in terms of quarterback sacks. So what has been the overall glaring deficiency on the defensive side? Uh, I mean, top to bottom, I would say uh, you know you have four first round picks uh, along the front four for for the for the Commanders Montez Sweat, Deron Payne. John Allen and Chase Young, and uh, Chase has stepped up and had a had a pretty good season. The other three have been, you know, have been good players. They're good football players, but certainly aren't living up to their pedigree and what you'd expect out of them. And you know, you've had a little bit of, you know, four guys who are, are kind of alpha males and used to all getting their numbers, starting to try and make sure that they get their numbers, and you know, kind of um, kind of uh, rushing undisciplined and letting quarterbacks kind of break contain. It didn't happen in Philly with, with Jalen Hurts, but certainly mm-hmm. happened, you know, in other games this season. Josh Allen just played him like a fiddle when when he was out there, and that's something that, you know, he does to a lot of different teams. But maybe the biggest issue is the linebacking core. Um, you know, Cody Barton's hurt this week. He's been the most consistent uh, linebacker that, that they have. He, he has a green dot uh, in game, so that's going to be a change uh, yeah. on Sunday for Philly. Um, but Jamin Davis is is the guy. He was a first rounder last year or two years ago, and you know he was super athletic and fast and all the things that the new age linebackers are supposed to be. And he just kind of doesn't do a very good job of keeping himself in position and ultimately, you know, allowing uh, guys to get outside of him. And you know, quite frankly, I'm concerned about what Dallas Goddard's going to do to these guys this weekend. Um, David Mayo is probably going to step in in the middle um, last week against the Giants. Tyrod Taylor was able to identify him and essentially threw at him, you know, five, six times in a row when he came in the game. He's a guy who who can stick his nose in there in the run, but doesn't do such a great job uh, in, in pass and pass coverage. And, you know, Jamin Davis struggles with that as well. So um, it could be, it could be a big game for, uh, for the, for the Eagles tight ends. What, what do you make of the Eagles, Mitch? I, I know, you know, you, you saw them week four uh, up close and personal. I'm sure you probably keep an eye on them like we do with the other NFC East teams. But what do you make of their their, their chances to get back and, and potentially win a Super Bowl this year? I think they're the best team in the NFL, period. I, I love the way that they've built this franchise. I love the 
amount of uh, capital they put into the offensive and defensive lines, how they continue to to back up their backups and and keep and keep bringing in depth at important positions. And I, I feel like they're doing it the right way in the modern day NFL. You know, you have a, have a quarterback on a rookie deal and you start building around them and, you know, strategically go out and get vets who, who can step in and help you out. I, I love what I see from the Eagles and, you know, I know they're going to, there's, they're going to struggle from time to time. I actually think this weekend is going to be a little bit closer of a football game than, mm. than folks expect, but um, all in all, it's a team that's built to win, not just this year, but next year and, you know, for the foreseeable future. And uh, I would love it if uh, whoever the new, uh, you know, front office coaching staff, whatever it may be for the commanders, looks at their uh, their blueprint and, and tries to tries to follow and step because mm. uh, it's a team that's just built the right way. Well, we've, said. Heard so, we, we've heard so much about the stadium proposal for, for the commanders. You know, where does it stand right now in terms – I mean, you know, initially it was mentioned that Virginia and some people are like, I'm not going to Virginia to watch that team. Or some people are like, you know, need a fresh start. Let's move it, move it on. Where does it stand right now in terms of the uh, stadium proposal? Um, it's pretty much at a standstill right now. I think um, with the new ownerships coming in, they're kind of working the, the – they're working Maryland, they're working Virginia, and they're working D.C. Um, the Virginia area that you're talking about was down about halfway between – D.C. and Richmond, it would almost be like if Philly played in Atlantic City. Um, I Ooh. mean, it's solid. Yeah, that's hour an half, yeah. Hour, yeah, hour and a half outside of the city. I, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. That that if Dan Snyder was still owner, potentially that would have been the only option they had. And if that was the case, they would have taken it. I don't think the new ownership is going to particularly, you know, really uh, uh, give that a lot of credence. It's down mm-hmm. to pretty much the uh, old RFK uh, location, which is in uh, downtown D.C. or building it kind of in the parking lot or next to where the stadium is now in Landover. Um, it's at a little bit of a standstill though, because there is a bill in front of the house that would allow that RFK um, land to be uh, decided on by DC, by the DC mayor, as opposed to being a federally owned piece of land. Okay. Unfortunately the house doesn't have a speaker right now. And so things are a little slow in the house and there are, bigger international things happening that I imagine they have to deal with before they worry about, you know, what a couple acre parcel of land in, in DC is going to, is going to be. But, you know, uh, ultimately uh, what I like is that the new owners put a hundred million dollars into uh, FedEx field and have made a bunch of improvements and they're, they're noticeable improvements, visible improvements. And, you know, obviously going back to uh, the Eagles fans falling out of the stands onto the field and, you know, Jeez. all the different things. Jalen Hurts almost getting from. killed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Man. you almost can't make it up, right? Like oh. it, it's it's unbelievable. Oh. Did they did they move the press box? I have said I've covered this game over four decades. That is the worst press box I've ever been in in terms of watching a game. You have to look under an awning to see the far side of the wow. field. And the, the monitors where they show you the game are like on seven to ten second delay. So by the time you actually log the play, they're in the middle of the next play. You're like a play and a half behind every game. It is arguably the worst press box in the NFL. I'm trying to think maybe it is the worst now that uh, the Chargers <laughs> are out of uh, San Diego and, and Vegas and the Raiders are out of Oakland. You know, before Dan Snyder was the owner, the press box used to be at midfield where most press oh. boxes are. Yeah, the league. novel Dan concept right in. there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Dan Snyder came in, that became the owner's box, and everything got shifted down. It's a weird, you know, we sit for, for folks that are listening. The commander's press box is in 
the corner of the end zone, yes. kind of where the team runs out onto the field. And so you're looking at an angle and you're just below the, the, the club level. So it's right above you. It's right above you. Any ball that goes up in the air, it's just up in the air and you're, you're looking down on the field waiting for uh, waiting to see what happens. You can't it's a little bit it. of a tough look. Yeah. You got you got I don't know if you get ever get a chance to hear it, Mitch, but but I I, I do the post-game show on, on radio for WIP and Merrill Reese can't can't I mean the way he rips the 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 the, the location where they he and Mike Quick do the games from, it's 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 something to be heard. If you haven't heard it, it's very funny. If you just get a chance to get a listen, it's pretty funny. Uh, believe me, I hear it because we talk about it in the in the press box in the press yeah, box yeah. with the visiting media. I mean it's it's wild and and folks are folks can never believe that that that's what it is. It's unbelievable. I I wanted to ask you this real quick, just off football for a second, because you, you are based out of and have been based in DC. You're a big DC guy. What do you think about Trey Turner and and uh, and Bryce Harper and and what they've been able to do with the Phillies? And is that yeah. something that you guys just kind of moved on from, or is it still something you say, man, these two should both be be Washington Nationals? So I'm probably not the uh, best person to ask. I'm a Mets fan. Oh, so okay. I think, oh. Of, I think oh. a lot of listen. Between the Mets and the Commanders, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of um, uh, pain, a pain in pain in my uh, yeah. So, <laughs> but I'll tell you that you know going back, I, you know I used to cover the Nationals uh, some. I loved Bryce Harper. He's one of my favorite baseball players. I think he's a great guy and obviously a great player. I, I Trey Turner I think is also great. I think it's a tough situation in Philly. You know when you when things go south they go south. Um, yeah. I hope he's able to turn it around. He's a guy that, you know, both times that he hit free agency, I wanted the Mets to to mm-hmm. go after him because I think he's a he's a generational type player. There's not a whole lot of guys out there that you know have his speed and, and ability to you know right. five tool ability and stuff like that. So, um, you know the the story with the uh, with the ovation midway through the season and kind of turning things around. You know, there's a lot of things to dislike about Philly fans. I love that they get behind their guys like that and can get them and get them moving. So that was. Yeah. Uh, that was mm-hmm. cool. I, I hope both of those guys have a lot of success in the future. Just, you know, not against, uh, just not, <laughs> not against the Mets. I hear you. I hear you. All right. Lastly, I got to ask about the artwork behind. Is that you? Is that your, are they your drawings? Uh, they're, they're actually, uh, photographs. Yes. They're, they're pictures from, uh, a bunch of different, uh, trips I've taken. Um, that's and then, awesome, uh, man. Right wow. here is a bunch of, uh, lightning, lightning shots over the Washington monument. But, um, yeah, whenever I visit a new country, I, I, I I'm a, Big into photography, so wow. I'll take uh, I'll take a picture and, and get it put up uh, behind me. Talented guy, so, man. So, That's awesome. Yeah, so, so with that said, how many countries have you been to, and what's your favorite? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I went to Oktoberfest a couple of years ago uh, in in Germany and Munich, mm-hmm. and that was probably the most fun four day run of in a country that I, that I've had. Um, so I'd probably I'd probably probably put that one pretty high, but. Um, Played golf up at uh, St Andrews in uh, in wow. in uh, Scotland, so that's that, that ranks pretty highly on the list as well. And then I've been to Iceland uh, two or three times. That that place is uh, spectacular, and I can't um, I can uh, I couldn't uh, recommend it enough for for folks. How about wow. in the states? What, what were you, the, your your if you either the best place you've been or the place you haven't been that you want to be want to travel to and visit? Ooh, so I, I have, so I have, there's only two States I have left on my, uh, that I haven't been to, wow. uh, North Dakota and Arkansas randomly enough, but, uh, <laughs> that's, that's two uh, different kind of States. Right. Now. right. <laughs> so growing up, growing up, our family vacations every year was, we would go to, uh, a different, um, 
national park and go to a different baseball stadium. So uh, by the time I was, you know, 18 or 20 or so, I'd been to all the baseball stadiums and had been to a ton of the different national parks. Um, those Utah national parks probably are my favorite. Nice. Nice. Last one for me, out of all the pictures you've taken, because I have friends that are also really into photography out of all the pictures you've taken worldwide. What's your favorite? one? What's my favorite. It would definitely be probably this one right here behind me. Yeah. Okay. What is that? Um, this is in uh, Copenhagen. Okay. And uh, they have like kind of a, an artist colony there. And right as you walk into the, right as you walk into the colony, it's, totally graffitied out and they have um a signpost and you know eight thousand miles to washington dc you know seventy five thousand miles to to you know osaka japan and just kind of all the all the different uh all the different cities around the world and uh we walked in i just thought the whole thing was so cool there's it's um there's there's tons of different art all through about a two three square mile um area and you can just kind of get lost in and uh, and check out a whole bunch of different stuff. Wow, that's that's cool, man. That's good, awesome, good for you. Dude. That's, that's yeah. a that's a really cool you know hobby and and, and sort of side you know it, it just it looks like a lot of fun, man. And I, I commend you on that. So I tell everybody uh, to check out uh, Mitch and, and and the podcast with with again with with JP is uh, it, it looks awesome. And I, we we were uh, I was sampling a little bit, I honestly in anticipation for the show, man. So I was getting ready for you, but uh, monumental sports. It's the Beltway Football Pod. Okay, that's the Beltway Football Pod, and you can follow. Tell everybody where they can follow you on Twitter. Is it at Mitch underscore Tischler? Mitch, is that right? You got it at uh, on uh, Instagram and Twitter, Mitch underscore Tischler, and the Beltway Football Podcast. Anywhere uh, you get your good podcast, we um, we uh, we did the podcast driving home from New York last week, and uh, had a pretty pretty fired up podcast over there. So. You know, depending on how this this Eagles game goes, I hope these guys, commanders, come out and uh, and show up. But uh, you know, this could be a uh, a Sunday Sunday afternoon massacre instead of a Monday night massacre. <laughs> okay, so the, jump Ooh. on the podcast if that's the case. All right, Mitch, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Keep up the, uh, the great you, photography as well. Appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. All right, yep. you got it, Mitch Tischler. Uh, there, giving us the breakdown on the commander so good stuff there from Mitch. So let me ask you this real quick how many yeah you know based on what we were talking about mitch and his travels how many states have you you been to in your lifetime uh, first off not nearly as many as mitch i could tell you that no. i haven't i i um that's a great question derek i never thought about the number um I was I was writing it down. The reason I'm asking, I was writing it down i probably i'm probably in the 20s or 30s. I, I'm not I, I wish I had I wish I would have traveled more but I haven't Traveled as much as I would have liked. I have yeah. I have been to forty one out of the fifty states. That's a pretty good number. Yeah, forty one out of the fifty. I mean, the, the most obvious ones I have not been. I've not been to Hawaii, Alaska, Utah, North or South Dakota, Idaho, Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire. Those are the ones I've not been to yet. I haven't done a lot of. Um, I certainly haven't seen the Dakotas, Montana. Yeah. Um, Oh, that's another one. Oh, Montana. So 40. I've only been to 40. I've not been to Montana. I've heard it's beautiful. Our friend Lance Crawford, his parent, uh, uh, live, his parents live in Montana. Oh, is that always, where they're at? Okay. Yeah, always shows these beautiful pictures of Montana, but hey, Montana's too cold, man. I ain't going to Montana. Bro. Yeah, I would do it in the summer, preferably. Um, I have not seen Seattle, which I really is a bucket list city that I want to see. City. Yeah, beautiful. I, I uh, 100% want to check that out. Um, I loved California. 
I enjoyed Arizona. I wasn't there long enough to really take a lot of it in, which is a bummer. I was it was kind of work, and I was in and out of there. Um, the Sedona, Sedona Mountains is one of the yeah. most breath breathtaking areas I've ever had the chance to visit and walk through. It's it's just surreal when you're standing in those mountains, and they have all these little towns sprinkled around the Sedona Mountains. Um, just to stand there and and look at those mountains. And the thing is, when you go to the Sedona Mountains, you're not you're not worried about climbing up mountains. They have trails you, you can walk along the mountain ridges. And oh, stuff. right, right, yeah. You know, it's just, it's so breathless. I've been there three or four times, and it's like, wow. Yeah. You know? um, yeah, so that's something, if, if, it, if yeah. you know, the work schedule would ever slow down a little bit, I'd like to do a little more traveling. It just, unfortunately, hasn't been a, a great option right now. So, uh, for sure, but that's cool. It, it is definitely a bucket list kind of thing to see some of these places, yeah. uh, for sure. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That's awesome. Uh, and yeah, Danny says Seattle in the summertime. I got you. Yeah, I got you. In the summer. Yeah. Dude, you, you won't find it. It's the reason why they call it the Emerald City. Yeah. Um, it is the greenest state. And then you have Puget Sound right there. The Which I heard is incredible. My goodness, dude. It's like unbelievable. You know, only thing is it does rain quite a bit. And when I, when I say rain, not heavy rains. The times I mean, it's like a misty rain. Right. It can be 85, 90 degrees. You have a light misty rain. Yeah. It's not, it's not uncomfortable. Um, but it's amazing how much uh, moisture they get in that area. Yeah, no question. All right, um, let's get a timeout, and, and let's come back, Derek. We'll do a couple things. We'll do a little hybrid segment. We'll we'll touch on the Sixers again last night. We'll look at the NFC East. Okay, so we know the Eagles are playing the Commanders, but also the Rams and the Cowboys play. Uh, Cowboys coming off a bye. Jets and the Giants play. And there's a little update kind of on Daniel Jones, which isn't great news if you're a yeah, Giants fan. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll give you that when we get back. So don't go anywhere, guys. We'll we'll, uh, we'll be right back. Derek and Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you again about blocks. Yes, blocks. Did you know that your PA tax dollars, uh, you know, can be spent much more efficiently? They can fund a scholarship for a student in need, and you can get a 90% tax credit refund. Yes, blocks is the largest scholarship organization in Pennsylvania. They've raised $110 million in scholarship dollars just the last year, all awarded to families who qualify for tuition assistance. They've awarded more than 17,000 need-based scholarships annually, and you can direct your scholarship donation to any private or Catholic school in Pennsylvania. <clears throat> Excuse me. Participation in the program is simple. It takes only a few minutes. You can send your check to Blocks, B-L-O-C-S, and they will do the rest. It's Blocks, B-L-O-C-S dot org slash tax credit for more information. They have officers standing by ready to answer or help you with any questions that you may have. 
There's a demand for tuition assistance and it outpaces the supply for tax credit scholarships nearly three to one. Blocks graduates 99% of their scholarship recipients versus 64% rate of Philadelphia public schools. 96 cents of every tax dollar raised by Blocks goes directly into the hands of families who qualify for tuition assistance and can be only used for scholarships and tuitions. We'll be right back. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Friday, Friday. Uh, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Take. Uh, we'll have our NFL segment coming up in a little bit. D Gunn, uh, just to revisit, Sixers lose 118 117 in their season opener last night. Dame went for 39 11 in the fourth. Uh, Giannis, you know, solid. He didn't go crazy. 23 and 13, uh, but made some big plays late. Uh, from a Sixers standpoint, let's look at a couple positives here. Um, I thought Tyrese Maxey did an excellent job for them 31 Absolutely. points. 
Um, eight assists, four rebounds, two steals, no turnovers. Um, he was three for eight from three, 10 of 22 from the floor. You mentioned it earlier. He's, you know, even in a league where everybody's a great athlete and everybody has a first step, which is ridiculous. This guy is, is something special, man. He really is uh, with his burst. It, it is unreal. He's, he's put on some pounds, but I think he needs to get a little bit bigger to yeah. endure the rigors uh, nightly of, of the pound that he's going to take because a big part of his game is driving, you know, and when you're going through the, the, some of the some of the oak trees that, that stand in the paint in the NBA nowadays, man, you, you know, you take a little bit of a pound. So, you know, he's he's put some muscle on. I, th- I still think he needs to add a few more pounds. It, to, it's not going to affect his speed still. Um, it'll make him more durable and, and be able to take a little bit more punishment. But um, you know, we we had um, we had uh, Keith Pompey on the other day, and I asked him, "Do you think Maxi is a point?" He says, "No," but I think under the circumstance, and again, it's only a one-game sample, but I think he handled the point very well. I did too. You know, uh, on on both ends of the floor. Now he's not going to wow you with his defensive prowess. That's not his game. But in terms of you know, distributing the ball and being creative off the dribble, I think he'll be fine in that regard. There's a lot of – hey, Damian Lillard can't play defense. He couldn't guard me or you. But I tell you what, when it comes to clunch time, who other than Giannis, you know, on, on that Bucks team, who do you want to have the ball? Oh, come on, man. It, 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 not even a thought, right? I mean, it's not even a question. Yeah, Here, here's, here's to show you how the complexion of that landscape from Milwaukee has changed like that. Chris Middleton used to be the go-to guy. In the clutch, he had six points last night. Yeah, Middleton only—I don't even think he had ten shots. Damian Damian Lillard has already established himself. Hey, I understand Giannis is the man here, but this is my show. I, 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 give me the ball in clutch time. Mm-hmm. And man, did he! What what a debut for him! Wow, yeah, he's everything they they needed and wanted. Man, honest to God, I mean, he is just a—he he is a—I said it earlier—he's a closer in every sense of the word. He wants it in the big moments. He what? finishes in the big moments. It, whether it's a, a three or, or taking it to the basket, whatever, man. I mean, he just, he's that guy and he's not afraid of the moment. Mm. It's amazing. It really is. Um, Tobias, you know, I thought Tobias was really good last night for them. I, the, the only thing, and Stan Van Gundy pointed this out during the game, and he's right. I want him to be more aggressive. I agree. I They're agree. eight of nine from the floor. He needs to, at minimum, 15 field goal attempts. Nine's not enough, but he was eight for nine from the floor, three from three. Three for three from three, 20.7 rebounds. He was really solid. But, you know, with Harden not there, man, like everybody's got to step their game up a little bit. And, again, I, I thought he played really well. I just want more of him. If he misses a shot, so be it. But take more. Be more willing to to, to take command there. I think Tobias's game is too much of in spurts. Yeah. There needs to be more consistency with yep. him. And if he scores 30 points a night, so be it. Because that takes a lot of the, pr- the pressure off of Joel as well. Um, you know, people have chastised Tobias a lot. Um, not shooting the ball enough. Um, defense plays defense sporadically at times well. Um, but on the offensive floor, let's face it. You know, the, the name of the game in the NBA is offense. Put the biscuit in the basket. Yep. And considering the nature of we don't know what James Harden is or is not, where he's going to be, Tobias has to take this opportunity to launch it more. He's got to. For this team to be successful, if he does what he did last night, then we have to reevaluate where the Sixers team is in terms of 
wins and losses and the possibility of being a serious threat to both Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah, that yeah, I hear you. And that's fair. Look, I, I think that um look, I, I I was encouraged by the heart. Maybe you give some of that credit to Nick Nurse, uh, but I, I thought they played tough. They get Kelly Oubre on the league minimum, Derek, and yeah. he comes off the bench and drops 27, Ooh. nine of eleven shooting, five of six from three, four rebounds in 32 minutes. You you can't give more offensive production than that. 27 points in 32 minutes. Incredible. I like, I like that dude's game, and, and I hadn't seen much of him before this debut with the Sixers, but man, the way he shot, the way he, he attacked, defended, he even had a steal at one point. Yeah. Uh, in mid-court and took it in a slam. Um, He might be that definitive sixth man the Sixers have been missing. You know, we've been screaming for, what, the last couple of years about them getting some kind of consistent point production off the bench because you're right. If they didn't have him last night, it's the same old Sixers bench. Eight points, nine points, 12 points. Bucks bench had 32 points, okay? The Bucks are a deep team that rotates a lot of players. They had 32 points. If they didn't have Uber last night, what, what what would they have had off the bench? Five, five. Okay, but he, who else was going to pick up the slack? The biggest the biggest dilemma to me is, can you get more productivity out of PJ Tucker? Again, no points, yeah. get seven rebounds. But if you you're going to be a starter in today's NBA game, you have got to give more than goose eggs on the offensive board. It's the hard thing. I mean, you're playing five on four. Yes. I mean, offensively, it's like having Ben Simmons out there. I mean, you know, yeah, it's tough. It's a really tough thing uh, to get enough scores. Think about it. You're without Harden already, and Tucker's going to give you zero to maybe two to four points per game, and you got to try to overcome that. You know, Mm -hmm. like DeAnthony Melton got the start. He didn't give him much offensively. So, no. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that that you like uh, about – the effort last night, but there are other things you look at it and you say, can this be sustainable over the course of the season? And no. not to mention, you know, kind of burying the lead here. The MVP has to be way better than he was last night. I oh, know my. if you didn't watch, you'll say, oh, 24 points. Joel Embiid was not impactful, I guess is the way to put it, in that game. He played okay in the fourth quarter when they got on a little bit, of, when they chipped away at that run, he, he had a couple buckets. But, you know, it was a game of runs. Like, Sixers won on a 14-0 run in the fourth quarter. And, Derek, they got up eight. They were up 102-94. And then immediately Giannis just, all right, I'm taking this thing over. And they they went on the 19-2 run. It was a game of runs late for sure. Yeah, and I think Pat Beverly has contributed more. I mean, he only took one shot. He was one for one. He took one shot. Yeah. But I've seen Pat Beverly play when he was in Minnesota. I saw when he played out west. He can be creative, and he can score. You know, I think he's going to have to contribute more. Now, I don't know what Nick Nurse's role is for him. I think he played 14 minutes and only took one shot. You've got to have more production. With a team like the Sixers team, you have got to have more shooters. You know, you cannot rely on Joel being that clutch guy that you can throw it into down low every time because the better teams are going to pack it in against him and force him to kick it back out. Mm-hmm. Maxie has to hit that shot. Maxie is very capable of hitting that outside shot. We know Tobias can hit that shot. You're going to have to have an umbrella of guys who you can go to so uh, other teams can't just hone in on certain guys to try to take them out in crucial situations. Yeah, I agree. And they're in Toronto tomorrow, and then um, they come back. The big question is when they come back for the opener, is James Harden going to play? Now, last thing on the Sixers before we set our sights to the NFL. So the the NBA is in, investigating uh, Harden not playing in these two games. Now, why? 
I, well, here, here's here's the thing. I appreciate that the league feels the need to investigate, you know, these guys, you know, getting these maintenance days where, where the, you know, three guys sit out, you know, and the game is not competitive and the fans who pay their hard-earned money don't get a chance to see superstars at the games. I, I appreciate that part. They're trying to police these teams from sitting everybody and their, and their mother, you know, on certain nights. That I get. This is a joke. They're investigating the Sixers on this. This guy went AWOL, basically. We could call it excused or unexcused all we want, whatever. He went AWOL for 10 days. He comes back with his bags thinking, yeah, I'm just going to play in the game like it's nothing. And the Sixers were like, no, you're not, dude. Go go back to Camden, get some conditioning under your belt, and we'll see what happens from there. This is not on the Sixers, man. This no. is a James Harden yeah. thing, not a Sixers yeah. thing. Yeah. To be honest with you, Rob, James Harden's a scorer. We know that. If I'm the Sixers after what he's done, if I'm being true to myself as a player, and I understand players look out for players, I get that, but considering the manner in which he did this, this was not about money. This was about his personal relationship with Daryl Morey, and he's letting his personal relationship get in the way of the overall good of the product. If I was at, if I was a Sixers I would want him back in the locker room. And I'm not talking about from a managerial standpoint. I'm talking about players. I don't want him back in the locker room because when's the next time he's going to do this? What if he comes back and plays three or four games, disappears again? I don't want him in the locker room. We're trying to build. And, and that's going to happen, by the way. Yes. It's going to happen. We're, yeah. we're trying to build something here. We're trying to build a nucleus of players who want to be here. You know, we're trying to formulate something to, to to silence doubters about us now dropping to a middle of the middle of the road team instead of one of the better teams in the East. And based on a one game sample, I think they have a collection that could win a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Now, when I say a lot of games, I'm talking about 45, 50. I'm not talking about 55 to 60 games. Yeah. But if James Harden is going to be a disruptive factor that takes away from the overall mission of what Nick Nurse and the collection of players are trying to do, you know what? Man, sell them to sell them to the uh, European Basketball League, or sell them to the Chinese Basketball League. Just get him out of here, man. Get him away from here. Yeah, um, I, I've said all along, Daryl Morey should just punt. Uh, I know you're not going to get the return that you want to get, but just just move on. So the team, so Nick Nurse and and Joel, and you know Tyrese Maxey and these other guys, Tobias Harris aren't constantly asked about this. It's just it's ridiculous. And and you know by all accounts nobody wants them at least for what for any kind of decent return, no nobody wants to give anything up for them and, and that's just a fact. I mean it's ridiculous. Do, um, do, you, do you as a player want to walk off the court after every practice? You're trying to focus on practicing, getting better, working on plays offensively, defensively that Nick Nurse wants you to do. And one of the first line of questions: Have you heard from James? Right. That's demoralizing. It is. Man. It's yeah. like, and if I'm a player, I'm getting to a point. Look, okay, I'm trying to be as nice as as I can possibly be about this, but um, don't ask me any more questions about James Harden. Yeah, don't look. We love James Harden as a person. James Harden is not here, and whether he's here or not, we have a mission here. Mm-hmm. Please don't ask me any more questions about James Harden because I'm not answering any more questions this season about James Harden. Can you do that? If you're going to ask me about James Harden, there's 11 other guys, 12 other guys you can try to talk to. I'm not one of them. I agree with you. Like, I I think that obviously uh, Nick Nurse, I can't really do that. But, um, you know, Dara Mori can't do it. But if I'm a player, I'm like, 
hey man, I'm talking about the guys who are here. I I, I don't have anything else to say. You know, James Harden and Ben are hanging off a cliff. You know, what you wait, 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 wait. Let's analyze this for a second. Oof. How do you answer that question? Oh my God. Uh oof. They're both falling off that cliff as far as I'm concerned. See? But if I if I had to save one, yeah, they're both gone. <laughs> That's my answer. Both. Right here. Yeah. Both right. of the above. Goodbye. Here's the thing. I would look at both of them. I would try to call the Coast Guard. How, how far away are you as the Coast Guard? We got two guys hanging off a cliff. How quickly um, can you get here? How, 15 minutes? Yeah. Uh, they yeah. ain't gonna make they ain't gonna make it. They, they ain't gonna, look for the look for the bodies in the, in, the, in the white caps of the sea. They ain't gonna make it. I'm sorry. You These know responses I mean? are classic. Step on their hands. Step on their fingers. Neither. Dang. Yeah, man. Ooh, yes. Man. And by the way, correct answers. Thank you. Thank you. That is correct. Oh my God. Uh, Tone, good question. Good question, Tone. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, yeah. There. Here we go. Yes, let them both drop off the canyon. Correct, Christy. That is correct. Yeah, I'm, oh I'm like, God. you know, hey, hey, um, if you can't get a helicopter here and a safety net down below, you're going to be picking up bodies when you get here. When <laughs> you better say, make it quick. <laughs> they're going to say, well, can you tell us your name, sir? No, you don't need to know my name. Yeah. Well, is there any way you can help them? <laughs> no, I ain't no. helping either one of them. <laughs> no. I, would, I would suggest you be really fast, my man, because I am not lifting a finger to help these two. Nope. Um, all right, all right, NFC East here. Um, we know the Eagles and the Commanders are playing. So the Rams and the Cowboys. The, the Cowboys are four and two, the Rams are three and four. This game's in Dallas. Dallas is minus six, over under 45 and a half. Dallas is well rested coming off a of bye. Uh, I did the yeah, so the Rams played last week. Um, I like Dallas here, Derek. I think Dallas bounces back. Uh, yeah. and I, I'm not sure it's all that close. I think Dallas handles their business pretty comfortably. If, if, if I'm Mike McCarthy, all I tell my team is this. Do not look ahead to the Eagles game, number one. Number two, if we beat the Rams, we are still one game behind the Eagles. And, oh, by the way, we go to Philadelphia. We can end up being a half game. We would we, we would be the same in, in, in the loss column. We were right there in first place with them. Right. Right there. That's all you need to know. Focus on that. You take care of the Rams at home. Then we travel to Philly and try to get the job done against the Eagles. If we take care of both scenarios, we are right there neck and neck with them. We're not looking up at them. We're right there. Yeah. Plain and simple. Yep. Yep. I think that's going to be the case. I think they'll move to five and two. Um, I, I Again, I, I'm not sure it's a real competitive game. We'll see. Jets, Giants. Um, Jets, you know, Giants. this one is obviously we know where it's going to be played because they both have the same home field. Uh, but the Jets are minus three, Derek. They're coming off a bye. Giants are coming off a, a, a game where they won. You know, if you, if you want to call it impressive or somebody does, that's fine. They beat Washington 14 to seven. Um, but here's the big story coming out of this one, Derek. So Daniel Jones ruled out again. So yeah. Brian Dable w- was pressed and asked, you know, are, are we going to see him this year? And he basically gave you the, I don't have a crystal ball. Like, oof. Yeah, he's dealing with a neck thing, and and he's had neck issues before. You don't want so, you don't want to play around with that. You don't want to play. Yeah, around. You, you were right. You don't mess with the neck. That's that's a hundred percent sure. So so you pay now now the going to the MetLife Stadium is one of the most expensive tickets in the NFL because you're in New York. Okay, so the marquee of the game is Zach Wilson versus Tyrod Taylor. We did not so, think it would be that. 
<laughs> versus Aaron Rodgers and Daniel Jones. Yeah. Now, now I was going to pick the Jets anyway. Uh, if if Aaron Rodgers had played, I was definitely picking the Jets over the Giants. But I tell you what, after watching that defense play against the Eagles, I'm still taking the Jets over the Giants, and that's taking into consideration Wink Martindale's defense played a heck of a game. You know, um, that's going to be a knockdown dragout. Don't think the the Giants have forgotten that they, the Jets in training camp start calling it Jets Life Stadium instead of Mets Life that's Stadium. That's right. Yeah, they did a lot of talking. They did. Don't think yeah. they forgot about that. So. Mm-hmm. It's going to be one of those good old-fashioned backyard brawls. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. There's going to be some turnover that decides the outcome of this game. Um, it is such a lackluster game for the largest market in all of the United States. It's really sad you have two mediocre teams. Although the Jets were loaded, quarter you can't you can't account for a quarterback blowing out his Achilles 75 uh, seconds into his new tenure with the New York, New York Jets. But I think the Jets come out on the winning side of this just based on Robert Salas' defense versus Wink Martindale's defense. Yeah. I, how about you, you said low scoring? The, you know what the over-under is? 36 and a half. That I'm is a right. low number, man. I might even take the under. I, I can see it being like 17, 14. Yeah. Something like that. So good, good news from a Jet standpoint. They get Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed cleared out of concussion protocol and both oh, can play. Snap. Here we go. So that's a, that's a big piece to this. I like the Jets here. I like the Jets here to take and care of this. You got to Grunel to help and Cook. <laughs> yeah, all right, well let's go, let's go there. So uh, Dalvin Cook apparently uh, went to his agent and said, "I'm unhappy. Go to the front office. Let's seek a trade. I'm not getting nearly the touches, you know, that I'm accustomed to, that I should be getting, etc." So if you look at what he's done since they signed him, yep, they signed him like right before the season started, uh, after Minnesota released him. So, Derek, he's only gotten 39 carries for uh, and, and rushed for 109 yards. That's 2.8 yards per carry. Yep. Con- contrasting that, Brees Hall's gotten 66 for 426. Here's the thing. Brees Hall's better. Brees Hall's averaging 6.5 yards per carry. I don't think Dalvin Cook is, is, is toast. I don't think that. I think he's in a tough spot. But you you decided to sign there. You had a couple other options. Dalvin Cook real is- sorry for him. Yeah, Dalvin Cook is still a scary running back. Um, Dalvin Cook could play in my backfield any day of the week, but it just so happens this young kid who's healthy, you know, you said six and a half carries, a little bit skewed. He had one run of 83 yards, kind of skews the numbers. He's had four runs, though. You know, Brees Hall is the only running back they have that has that has had any run of 20 or more yards. He's had four. Mm. And Brees Hall has two of the three rushing touchdowns. Can you believe Giants only have three? Uh, Jets only have three rushing touchdowns yeah, the entire season. Okay, um, Brees Hall is a younger, better version right now, a, a little bit harder running. Dalvin Cook is more of a scat back. You know, not to say he doesn't break tackles, but he's more of that juke. He's kind of like that DeAndre Swift. He'll make you look bad on this highlight reel. Right. But I understand when you're when you're used to being a feature back. I thought I honestly thought they were. Sp- split the wealth more between the two. I did too. I'm surprised he's gotten this little run. Yeah. I really am. But the fact that he's 27 carries behind Brees Hall, I understand, you know, and let's face it, when a running back starts to grumble, I don't want to be here. Maybe they'll move him because they could get something else they need before well, the trade deadline. I see a lot of people in the chat suggesting this. And I agree. What's that? If I can get him for a song and a dance, I'm Howie. Yeah. I, w- I would think long and hard about it. Um, you know, from this standpoint, it, it, this may be a case where 
DeAndre Swift's hitting a little bit of a wall because he's getting a ton of carries uh, that more than he's accustomed to. They really don't like Penny. Obviously, he's inactive. It feels like every week. Yeah, but Gainwell he's a, and Scott he's haven't lit the world on fire. I would look yeah. at it and release Penny. I don't think they're going to release Penny. I think they honestly save it as an insurance policy down the stretch. To be honest, I don't know why. And I'm sure if Penny, if Penny had known this prior to signing with the Eagles, he might not have signed with the Eagles. But I keep hearing that they're saving him. They like him, but they don't need him right now. They're saving him down the stretch, especially with his injury history, which is weird in itself. But when you have two incumbents who came back in Gainwell and Scott, you bring in Swift, who has been tearing it up when he gets a chance. Where are you going to play Penny? Where's he going to play? You know, now if one of these guys goes down, instead of scrambling to find somebody off the practice squad, hey, you already got a guy in the house who's a proven vet. Right. You know. Now, Penny probably isn't happy about that, but the bottom line is, if that is the case, that's a smart move by the Eagles organization. Mm-hmm. We have a safety valve who's not costing us a whole lot of money. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, look, it makes sense. I'm just, I'm thinking, you know, Howie's generally an aggressive guy. So it would be interesting to see, uh, you know, again, they have their relationship with Joe Douglas. Right. Just saying, you know, you never quite know. You never quite know. But, yeah, a gain well, uh, as I mentioned, has been wholly unimpressive. They don't yep. seem to want to give Boston's got a whole lot of options. No. Or, 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 or you know, uh, carries. Um, so I, I don't think it's out of the question. I, I will just say, it's, is it likely? Eh, probably not. But I don't think yeah. it's out of the question. I don't think no, it's out with Howie, with, with, with Riverboat Gambler Howie. <laughs> No, nothing's nothing's off the table with him. Agreed. Agreed. Nothing. All right, let's come back. Uh, let's uh, we'll look back at last night's game with the Bills and the Bucks. We'll update you on a bunch of other stuff around the league, and we'll look at the best of Week Eight matchups in the National Football League. He's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be quite quite scary and quite challenging at the same time. Uh, and I'm right in the front of the line uh, for sure. But uh, I can tell you from personal experience that Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group are people that I trust with my finances. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you may have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I've entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollover with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You'll be, you will be as well. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751, or you could email him as well, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. 
and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wolbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, Blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Win and save this baseball season from Colony Pools and Power Washing, a local company serving Delaware, Delco, and Chester County since 1970. Are you tired of looking at your greenhouse? Is your roof, siding, deck stained green from algae and mold? Let the experts pressure wash your home and take the pressure off of you. Win with Colony Pools and Power Washing. Call them now at 302-762-2250. That's 302-762-2250. Deep gun. Rob Ellis hanging out with you. Friday. It is Friday, my man. All right. Woo-hoo! So uh Friday in mid-70s, baby. Woo! That's a good combo right there. All right. So uh last night we had the Bills and the Bucks gunner. Bills win at 24-18, a game not without controversy. So there was a Hail Mary at the end of the game that the Bucks threw up there, and Cade Otten, their tight end. Looked like he was interfered with by two guys. Uh, you know, kind of there was a look like a defensive hold and a pass interference, you know, and, and nothing's called. It feels like in those Hail Marys, man, there has to be like an assault committed before something gets called. They all, they all, there always is. But like that should have been a flag on that one. And, and they, I know they kind of glazed over it. Now Michaels, you know, sort of mentioned something but kept it moving. But like to me, that was a, a bad non call if I'm a buck player i'm ticked off man i don't blame it i mean we we saw we saw indy get jobbed last week we saw we saw tampa got jobbed last night rob i've never seen a hail mary that lands in the end zone untouched the ball just dropped in an open space if, so chris, if chris godwin had turned around a second he was standing right there he claimed yeah i agree with you he he probably should i give mayfield props i mean he, he you know he made it a catchable ball but anyway Godwin said that he was engaged with somebody and then he kind of broke off. And, and he like was. when he, yeah, when he looked up, it was already on him basically is the way yeah. he put it, but that could yeah. have been caught very, yeah, very much could have been caught. Dude. I watched it twice. If he had turned, if he had just turned, he, he was faced this way. The ball dropped over this way. Had he turned like a second sooner, he would have caught it like a punt. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never seen a Hail Mary that just drops to a space in the end zone. And you had like 10 people in the end zone. 
And nobody touched the ball. Nobody batted the ball. Nobody touched the ball. It was just blank right there on the ground. I know. It's a tough It's a tough one. And you know what? I, I got to tell you, I, say, I feel like I say this every week, Derek. The more I watch Buffalo, I'm not buying it. I know they I'm won. Either. I'm not but either. They're, they're not special. I, I think part of the problem is they have been just decimated on de- defense with injuries. Yeah. I think that's a big part of it. But offensively, that offense is not clicking. Like like I, I expected it to click, um, you know they have the personnel. I don't know what's going on with that offense. I mean they they are fortunate to be five and three in a lot of ways. That very very. I mean think about e- even the giant game that that bad Giants team. Yes. Uh, what's his name? Darren Waller gets interfered with, and they didn't yep. call that. Nope. They've been they've been the, the beneficiary of some pretty questionable calls or non calls. Uh, have Buffalo, but you know they had a little scary moment when Allen went out too. You know he's oh, in the tent. Oh, yeah, so, yeah. Now I came back, but that looked a little you know sketchy there. He did have the one pick uh, in the game, and uh, Shakur had a big game for them. Yeah, he did. He played well uh, for them. So did Gabe Davis. I I like Dalton Kincaid a lot too. I do too. Yeah, I, I love this team. I loved him in college. Um, he's in a great. He's in a perfect system to to shine. Um, yeah, I, I don't think they get him the ball enough, and I'm, I'm sure that'll change as the season goes on. And of course, as he continues to grow as a professional tight end, but I love everything about his game. Yeah, you know? especially with Knox out, you would think. Yeah. You know, again, he 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 had a good game last night, five for sixty-five and, yeah. and a touchdown. He played pretty well. Uh, I thought Mayfield play, played pretty decent. You know, all things considered. Yeah, I mean, they don't have much of an offensive line. They don't have much of a running game. He battled as much as he could. Uh, to be honest with you, I was shocked he got the ball to the end zone in a Hail Mary. I didn't think his arm was that strong. Yeah. You know, and he got it there, you know, mm-hmm. and then some. But Mayfield is one of those guys. He's he's like scrappy dog. Yeah. You know? He doesn't quit. I don't care how many times you hit him, how many times you frustrate him. He doesn't quit, you know. And that's what you want with the quarterback. Whatever he lacks in overall physical attributes, Mentally, he's right there with the best in the game. He, you know, it doesn't doesn't make a difference how bleak the situation looked. He's always competing, you know. And with a team like Tampa, you know, a team that's now one game below sea level, uh, that's all you can ask for. You know, that's all you have. It's all you can ask for. Yeah. Um, so the Dolphins players are none too happy that they've been selected by the league as the in-house. Uh, Hard Knocks team this year. I, I, I'm not surprised. Yeah, like Tua kept it kind of classy. He said, I, I, you know, in regards to it, he said, I'll just like to keep things private, and that's how I'll do things, you know, going forward. But uh, Davian Howard, uh, Hard knock, Hard Knocks is bull bleep, especially during the season. And guys kind of laughed at it. He said, no, I'm serious. I'm not a fan. So I wonder, you know. Maybe a little distraction here with with hard knocks with the uh, with the Dolphins going forward. Well, like I, like I said the other day, it's one thing to have a cameras in your face constantly during a training camp, but when you're in the middle of a work week and you're trying to get go from one opponent to the next in the span of seven days, you don't want to be on your p's and q's. And, and, and let's face it, those cameras have access to areas and conversations most coaches and players don't want them to have access to. Mm-hmm. I don't, I, if I'm a player, I don't want the cameras around me. Yeah. I really don't, you know, and I'm surprised the league even came up with this. Now, obviously there's an audience for it because people have inquiring minds and they want to know what goes on 
behind the scenes during the work week of a regular season. I get it. Mm-hmm. But for the team that is forced to be the guinea pigs in this, nine times out of ten, they don't like it. They, you know, they don't want that stuff in there. I don't, I don't, I don't blame them one bit. I, I don't either. Like I, I find it like I, the league shouldn't had the ability to. I guess it was agreed to in in, in some some way, uh, but they shouldn't have the ability to force this on teams in season. No, no. they shouldn't. Um, it's just wrong. Uh, all right, so a couple a uh, couple other things uh, around the league. Uh, so mention, you know, what was going on with uh, with the whole Dalvin Cook wanting, you know, potentially out, all that kind of stuff, um, which is one to definitely keep your eye on. That's for sure. But the other thing that's that's um, you know the entire se- season, even though they started to play a lot better lately, is the the Pittsburgh Steelers yes. and the offense under Matt Canada and Deontay Johnson. Um, you know, was asked, you know, basically about that and kind of gave you the, we're sort of stuck with them deal this year. I, I the, the players are not a fan. I will just tell you that of him. That's for sure. Um, Are you surprised? No, not at all. I mean, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be as, Delicate as I can. He's been a bit, yeah, he has not a good job. Um, and by the way, he's playing on Sunday, Deontay Johnson. He is? Out. Yeah, it looks like it. He missed practice on Thursday uh, with a hamstring, but he says he, he says he's playing at least. So he said, I'll be playing, quote, I'll be playing Sunday. Here, here's what I'll say about the Steelers and a Mike Tomlin coach team. If there's an issue, Mike Tomlin will address it. Yes. He will, he will take care of it. Yeah. One way, shape, or form. Mike Tomlin is one of the guys, one of these guys, he don't care if you make a hundred million a year or one million a year, you still are under his under his leadership. Yeah. He will he he's a no nonsense dude, man. And I can't tell you how many, how many times it, it was a recent one also, a recent game. Somebody came off the field. I forgot who it was. It was a prominent player. And the player's walking off the field with his head kind of half down, and Mike Tomlin's talking to him. Yep. And the player was about to walk past him, and he's screaming, Hey, hey, look at me when I'm talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, you you got to have a certain pedigree to demand that kind of respect and not have players, you know, start pouting under you. Yep. Mike Tomlin's been around the block a long time, been a Super Bowl winner, been to two Super Bowls, never had a losing season in 16 years as head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. That is phenomenal in itself. It is. Um, and, and, and players, whether they are current players welcoming in new veterans or new rookies or players exiting out the door who will pass the word along to potential players coming in, one thing they will tell you about Mike Tomlin, dude, don't go in there half-stepping because he will call you out. Oh, yeah. He'll call you out. That much is for sure. We know but that. They're 4-2 and two right now, Rob, you know, considering they have one of the worst, uh, worst defenses in the league, which is not a Mike Tomlin defense. Right. And the quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is still evolving, not where you thought he'd be at this point. This is a team that falls under the category of true grit. Yeah. They will find a way. They will stay close in games. Defense they will, will get a touchdown. Something yeah. happens yeah. that they, they end up scrapping. Yeah. Yeah, strip sacks something. Mm-hmm. And Kenny Pickett's numbers, if you're a fan of the Steelers, you sit there and watch Kenny Pickett play, and, you, and it's, like, it's just like churning your gut. Like, <laughs> come on, man, seriously. And I then know. all of a sudden, he makes a big throw. Yeah. He makes one big throw a game. That decides the outcome of a game. Yeah, like I'm, st- I still don't know about him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I-, I don't know that he's the answer. 
Um, Tyreek Hill's going to play. He was dealing oh, with a hip issue, but he will play. Uh, and he, coming from the horse's mouth, he said it himself yesterday. Uh, he will play against the Patriots this weekend, which obviously Miami needs to get back on track after that Eagles loss, and they'd like to just further distance themselves from New England, who won last week. So, uh, but that—that's always even when New England was in their heyday with Brady. Yep, Miami always gave them a hard time. Yeah, they did. It didn't matter if it was at New England or at Miami; they always Tyreek. gave them a hard time for sure. You know, Tyreek Hill is on a mission to get two thousand yards. Rob, if he had to play on one leg, he's going to play on one leg. Yeah, you know, right now. He's your leading pass catcher um, in the NFL, receiving yards wide. That dude's almost at 1,000 yards through seven games. It's sick. You know, but he also has A.J. Brown right on his heel. He doesn't want to give up that number one status. Yeah, A.J.'s, AJ's uh, sniffing around there a little bit. Yeah, Tyreek has 902. A.J. has 809. So A.J.'s less than 100 yards behind him now. You yeah. Know, and the way A.J. Is, is racking up yards, Tyreek said, hey, man, I, I'm not sitting out this game. There ain't no way I'm sitting out this game. I think you know? you're right. Yeah, and I'll take right. a 75% Tyreek Hill over a 90% half, more than half the rest of the pass catchers in the NFL. The uh, the NFL placed Chiefs wide receiver Justin Ross on the commissioner exempt list. Following last week's arrest, he cannot practice or attend games while on the commissioner exempt list. It was a uh, domestic issue. So uh, I think they're just trying to figure it all out. Um, you know, this is we see this quite a bit with the, the commissioner exempt list. Not not a surprise there with that. More domestic, um, more domestic abuse. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So uh, alleged. Uh, Roquan Smith will play uh, for the Ravens versus the Cardinals. Um, he's he, you know, he's been struggling a little bit. He missed practice this week, um, but. Um, he, he will be back. He will be back. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's played in 57 straight games. Uh, so pretty amazing. He tore a pec muscle and was placed on the injured reserve back in 2019. And he hasn't missed a game since. Okay. So he, he's a tough dude. He'll be out there. Roquan is a man, you know, he's a bad dude. Um, I'm surprised Chicago let him go and they did, but I am too. He's been a great. He's been a great addition to Baltimore. No question about that. Yeah, he fit. He didn't it just feel like that. That's the perfect fit for that place. Yes, yes. you know, they they were just on the same page, man. Um, that's for sure. All right, Jimmy G is going to play this week for Vegas against the Lions. They're going to need him because that Lions team's coming off a loss. They're going to yep. be angry. Yeah, I, I can promise you that much. That's the Monday night game, I believe. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the, much difference it makes. I have zero belief or faith in that team. None. Where one of those teams like getting. Just get me to the end of the season. I don't buy him at all. Where, where's that game being played? Motown. Yeah, that's that's a bad spot for the Raiders. Yeah. You know? Yeah, Detroit, now, now that Minnesota pulled off that big win against San Francisco, Detroit's like, hey, 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 we got to get together here. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see that being a close game, to be honest. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, Austin Eckler, this kind of goes into the Matt Canada territory. Uh, have you, did you see any of his comments about his faith no. in Brandon Staley? No, Austin Eckler. Yeah, the running back on on on, on his head coach. Yes. Oh, what did he say? What did he well, say? Well, so initially, he the way he worded it made it sound like he's not really buying it. Okay, uh, he's not really buying into it. So he he was asked, you know, point blank. Um, how he felt about 
you know, what was going on. And he didn't bash him, but he said he, he did kind of walk things back, I guess, a, a little bit. Um, he's frustrated. He said, basically, hey, look, uh, there's nothing I can do to control that. And he said he has no opinion on how he feels about Staley. And if he did, it wouldn't matter because he's only concerned about going out and doing his job. So he, he kind of tried to walk it back. He said, I think the clip got out of context. It doesn't matter how I feel. Like what matters is I go out and I do my job. I do it well. Uh, that will in tune make Staley look better. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how I feel about it. I don't give a damn how I feel. I'm not spending one ounce of my energy thinking about how I feel because it doesn't matter, blah, blah, blah. But it was. let me put it this way, Derek. If you asked an Eagles player coming off of that Jets loss how they felt about Nick Sirianni, you're not getting an answer like that. You're getting, he's our coach. Yep. We believe in Nick. This was a team loss. We all cost yep. us that game. Yep. You know, all the, then the cliches all start flying. This was a, a ringing non-endorsement, for lack of a better word. Well, what is the Chargers record right now? Under 500. Two games below sea level. It's the Chargers being the Chargers. And it, it's a team, if you look at their roster, they have personnel they have the personnel to be better than what their record indicates yeah but it's the Chargers being the Chargers and the players are frustrated mm -hmm. and you know we've been saying on the outside looking in we still can't believe Staley's the head coach there and I think his deficiencies as a head coach are becoming more evident every day yeah and players are not saying it but I'm sure they're talking about it um I mean we need it we need a new direction here you know yeah, so I that's why, if they, they, they should have done it last year. They could have had Sean Payton. Now, I don't know if that would have yeah. been good or bad, the way that's playing out. Yeah, really. Well, <laughs> if, if they continue on their current course, Staley's going to be looking for a new uh, D.C. job after this yeah, season. Yeah, he is. Uh, all right. Uh, Traverius Ward on Sam Darnold replacing Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has not been cleared uh, yet to play this uh, upcoming weekend. He said there won't be – ain't no drop-off with Sam Darnold and Brock Purdy. We'll see about that. I would say in that in that offense, based on the history we've seen of what quarterbacks, whether they are veterans or guys walking off the street or Mr. Irrelevant, can do in that offense, I would say that offense will run efficiently Yeah. Um, with Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold obviously wore his welcome out with the Jets, but sometimes a change of scenery is good you know, for a player. And I think Sam Darnold's in the perfect situation to shine in that Shanahan offense. Yeah. It, the big thing with Darnold is just don't tell him to turn the ball over. He turned it over a ton yeah. with the jets and the, and Carolina when he got that chance, but he's, he's in the best position to succeed in his career. And it's yes. not even close. Yes. Like by a long shot. A quarterback in that offense, all you have to do is manage the game. We're not asking you to win the game. Like some quarterbacks are asked to win the game. Yeah. Manage the game. Don't turn the ball over. The rest will take care of itself. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, let's look at a couple games. I'm loving this one. Uh, Browns and the Seahawks. Now, it is going to be P.J. Walker again, but he's won the last two games uh, that he started for Cleveland uh, with with uh, Deshaun Watson still out. And, you know, we've talked about that saga for, for a while now. But – uh, they go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Both teams four and two. Now Cleveland did get a little lucky last week with the officials. Yes, uh, and, and Indianapolis got a little little jobbed by the officials. But uh, this, you talk about two good defenses here. Uh, you know, uh, this one, I'm this is gonna be a fun one. 
Cle- Cleveland's defense will definitely stress that Seattle offense. Uh, there's no question about that. Can can PJ Walker put enough points on the board against that defense? I don't see him putting up 39 points on the board against that defense. Can he put enough against Seattle's defense to be successful? That's going to be a good game. I would love that would be a fun game to watch. I'd love to see that one. Um, tough place to play too for for Cleveland to go there. No question. But in terms of just the quarterback play, I'm leaning towards Seattle over Cleveland in this game. Yeah, I agree with you. I like Seattle. I I think the home field advantage here is big, and it it yeah can. Do I and I look? PJ Walker's a Temple kid. He's scrappy as heck. But man, do I feel three straight weeks of wins out of him? Mm. No, 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 probably not. Probably not. You pushing the envelope there? Yeah. Uh, good one too. Bengals and 49ers. You know, we just talked about it. If it is, um, if it is Darnold, you got a Bengals team that's digging out of the the rubble that they created for themselves early in the season, getting healthier, coming off a bye. Which don't underestimate that, Derek. That's another week. Of the of the calf resting up for Burrow, so that could be important too in this one. Um, but it's at San Fran. I mean, the big question is, do you see the 49ers losing three straight here, or the, you know Cincinnati loses in the three and four? Well, like I said yesterday, 49ers lost back to back games week six and seven last year. They've done the same thing this year. If this game was in Cincinnati, I'd look at it a little differently. And Cincinnati's defense is pretty good, also. But 49ers at home, coming off that bad loss to Minnesota, bad taste in their mouths, um, I expect the Niners to rally. It's going to be a good – if you ask me to put the game, one game that I could watch this weekend, it would be that game. Oh, me it too. It would be that game. Yeah. Me too. Me can, too. Joe Burrow, can Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase have a good measure of success against that Niners defense in the Niners' backyard? Yeah. Now, now, Kirk Cousins tore him up last week mm-hmm. in Minnesota. Um, in San Fran, mm, yeah, it's gonna be tough. I don't know about that one. All right, let me get a great quote here uh, from from Eagles uh, in the Eagles locker room after practice today from AJ Brown. He was asked, "What is his message to his former teammate Kevin Byard? They played together in Tennessee." "Quote: I told him you're a winner now. Things are done different around here, but enjoy it." and just get up to speed. He's a great player, and he won't have no trouble adapting. That's a that's a pretty good line, man. It tells me he's going to be in there starting this week. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd be shocked if you don't see him get a lot of reps. I I fully believe it. Think about it. You you woke up. It was Christmas. You're Kevin Byard. You went yeah. from mediocrity to probably not going to the playoffs to 6-1 and one and a good chance to win a Super Bowl and return home. I mean, that, I, I wouldn't be surprised. If he's not off the field, one play. He might play the whole game. I'm serious. He may yeah. play the whole game. Yeah. Well, I, I look, everything we hear is the guy's unbelievably his football IQ is through the roof. And Sean Desai seems like a guy who can get people up to speed pretty quick. Yep. You know, he got Bradley Roby in less than a week. He was playing the slot, you know, so he, he got him ready pretty quick. So I think the only way Bayard comes off that field is if he's injured. Yeah, you I know, agree. Concussion protocol, something like that. All right. This game's pretty good, too. Uh, Jaguars who have won four straight, Derek, are five and two overall against the Steelers team we we're just talking about. By the way, Pittsburgh getting Cam Hayward back also. Oh, nice, ooh. nice little addition there. Um, this game's in Pittsburgh. I, 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 I am not yet sold on Pittsburgh yet. 
so it's a tough game for me to to, to pick here. Um, I probably lean towards them because they're home, but yeah, like we talked about, I don't I don't love Pittsburgh. I'd give them credit; they've they've straightened their their act out this year. But what do you think of that one? Um, if it was in Jacksonville, I pick Jacksonville. I, I'm going to take the Steelers at home in this game. Yeah, you know, as as porous as their defense has been, they're not giving up a large volume of points, um, but they're giving up a lot of real estate. Yeah. Um, I think Kenny Pickett will play just enough against that Jaguars defense uh, to get it done. Now, Jacksonville's won, what, four in a row? Correct. Um, they have they have a lot of talent on that offense in Jacksonville. They do. Um, I think I think somehow, some way, I think Jacksonville may blitz them early on in terms of, you know, maybe jumping on them early lead. But once the game settles in, I think Pittsburgh finds a way to pull this one out at home. Yeah, I, I I'm agreeing. I'm in agreement with you. I think it's tight, but I think ultimately they will uh, they'll take care of their business uh, there uh, with Pittsburgh. All right, an okay game. Look, I, there's not a ton of awesome games on the card, but Falcons yeah. are four and three, and the Titans are two and four. Now the Titans, we could be looking at some combination of Malik Willis, Will Levis, uh, you know, whatever the case may be. You're probably looking at some kind of backup quarterback situation, um, and then for Atlanta. Um, you know, the big thing for them is they're very much in play to win that division. They're four and three. They won last week. Um, you know, they, they have they have not been a great road team. They're one and two on the road so far this season. Tennessee is two and one at home. Hmm. Um, I don't love either team. I think Atlanta probably wins that South by default, and I picked yep. them before the season. It doesn't mean I love them, and I definitely am not a big Tennessee guy. What, what do you think of that one? Uh, it's going to be a rugged game. Tennessee's going to want to keep it a low-scoring game. Yeah. Uh, Ritter, you don't know which Ritter's going to show up week been, to week. Been better lately. I'll give him that. He's been, been better, better lately. lately but yeah. they're going to come after him in that game. Yep. And they're going to keep the game plan simple if Levitz is quarterback in that game. Um, they're going to keep it set, uh, simple. They're going to try to pound the ball between the tackles um, with with uh, Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm going to take Tennessee at home in this game. Okay. I'm going to go with Tennessee. Even with the untested quarterback, I'm going to take Tennessee. Tennessee's desperate right now. Um, Atlanta, week to week, you don't know what team you're looking at when it comes to Atlanta. I think I think Atlanta's going to come out of this game black and blue um, based on Tennessee's physicality on defense, and that's with the loss of Bayer. Now, yeah. if, if I'm Atlanta, I'm looking to attack the middle of the field to see you know who the replacement is and what he's like. But I, I think Tennessee outmuscles them in this game. Okay. All right. I'll hit you with a couple others. Uh, you obviously have interest in this one. The Vikings and the Packers. This game's in Green Bay. It's been kind of a mess for Green Bay lately. Uh, Vikings are starting to get their footing. Uh, they're three and four at this point. Could be, you know, could be a threat there. Maybe to, to, to be the second place team, I think, behind Detroit in that division. Um, interesting line here, Derek. This game's in Green Bay. Yet Minnesota's a one and a half point favorite, which I actually think is right. But what, what do you think of this so. one? Yeah, no, rightfully so. Unless unless it turns into the frozen tundra overnight to balance out uh, the the playing, I, I'm just disappointed with how Matt Lafleur has handled Jordan Love up to this point and the ineptness of that offense. Green Bay's offense is probably the blandest offense in the NFL right now. Um, your quarterback's completing 55 percent of his passes. He's throwing. You got a you got a young man throwing to a bunch of kids who are still trying to figure things out. 
The offensive line is really – Green Bay's offensive line is really young. Vikings Vikings are going to come after <clears throat> Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the Vikings – oh, my goodness, did I say that? Vikings on the road in this game. Yeah, that hurt um, a little bit. That I'm, hurt coming out. I, I, I my brother's not watching. Oh, oh. Yeah, you, you, you kind of yeah. got through it, man. Mar- Marvin's not listening, so you're safe. Yeah, I hope he's not watching. Oh. Yeah, you're safe. You're All right. right. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Saints, Colts. Uh, Saints three and four, Colts three and four. Um, you know, we know it's going to be another week with Shane Steichen, with with Anthony Richardson out for the year. Uh, New Orleans can't seem to get this thing figured out. Offensively, Carr's got six touchdowns, four interceptions on the year. This game's in Indy. New Orleans is a one-point favorite in that one. Um, I'm, I'm liking Indy. I like, Indy, like I like Andy in this game. I like the direction uh, Shane Steichen is taking his team. They, they're believing in him. They're playing hard for him each and every week. Jonathan Taylor's getting more and more touches. I don't know what it is about this Saints team. I picked to win the NFC South. That's a discombobulated team on offense. When you have the quarterback on TV visibly yelling at people from not being in the right spot when he throws passes, that's a problem. Um Indy is just one of those quiet teams under the radar that's just playing football. I'm going to take Indy in this game. Okay. Okay. Uh, a couple other games I'll, 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 we can run through relatively quickly. Patriots, Dolphins. This game's in Miami. Miami's a nine-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, New England, obviously, with a big win last week over Buffalo and the Dolphins coming off the Eagles' loss. Uh, this this feel like the Dolphins get back on track here and, and hammer job here. They, they, they put it on them. I think uh, I don't think it'll be a hammer job. A Belichick okay. defense. You have to get, you have to give Belichick credit for for coming up with schemes uh, to combat certain people. Um, I don't know if I don't know if New England can score offensively to stay with the likes of a Miami, especially if Miami's getting both. Uh, there's there's word now that uh, Ramsey could be playing this Sunday. He, he's been clear. Yeah, and, they they're still not sure, but yes. Yeah, yeah. If you get Xavier Howard back as well. I'll take Miami at home to win this game, like a, a twenty, a twenty-three to thirteen type game. Okay, okay. Uh, Texans Panthers. This is a a game that features Bryce Young, who went first, and then C.J. Stroud. And you know, certainly Stroud has had a, an excellent season so far. Over sixteen hundred yards passing, nine touchdowns, one interception. He's done a really nice job there yeah. uh, for them. But and and Carolina. I mean, you knew it was going to be tough, but. I don't know that you knew it was going to be quite this tough uh, for them. This game's in Carolina. Yeah, I like uh, I like Houston in this game just based on the overall quarterback play um, and a D'Amico Ryan's defense against that team. Mm-hmm. Um, Carolina's still the only team in the league that's winless, right? Carolina is winless, and that yes, they are. Mm-hmm. They are the only team. Yes, that's correct. Uh, this this is not the, this is not the week they break that streak. No. Okay. okay, Houston wins this game on the road. I like. I think Houston's good. I, I'm not. They're not good, but they're on the. They're on yeah. the. Uh, the right path. They're uh, on the right track. Yes. And put it that way. All right. Uh, Chiefs Broncos. This game is at Denver. <laughs> Denver at least got a win last week, but uh, you know Kansas City's one f- ripped off five straight after they lost the season opener. Kansas City is a minus seven, minus seven points in Denver. What do you think of there? That's about right. Yeah. Um, Kansas City's offense is not clicking just yet in terms of putting up big, big yardage, but they're doing enough to win. Denver's a hot mess. I mean, they beat up on an inferior Green Bay team, as much as that pains me to say. And and Green Bay gave them the game. Green Bay could have won that game. Denver won that game by default. Uh, Russell Wilson, under two new head coaches in less than a year, is, is not the Russell Wilson of old, you know, 
Denver has injury problems as well, but I don't see Denver beating the likes of Kansas City. Kansas City wants to put that division title to to bed as soon as possible. Kansas City will cover the spread in that game. Yeah, Denver wake up call here. They're not they're not winning this game. That, that's not happening. Uh, the better team is going to win here. Uh, you know, it's a lot of points on the road, but I'll take Kansas City all day there. Yeah. Uh, the Sunday night game, oof, Bears and the Chargers. Ooh. Yeah, the only interest there is I, I'll watch the rookie and see what he looks like again. Tyson Bajan. Yeah. Other than that, that's not one I'm getting real pumped up for, Gunner. No, no. I, I, that's a game I don't want to see. That's a game where I would go outside and find something to do, some kind of yard work to do. <laughs> yard work at night. <laughs> oh, yeah. If it was a, I'd go out and find yard work at night uh, just to avoid watching that game. Now, you know me. I'm going to watch it. You know, I'll be driving home to see Eagles play at one o'clock. You might be, you'll miss a little, you'll see some of that, at least the second half. Let's see. Uh, game, game will end about four ish, two hour post game. Good show. Two hours. Yeah, you'll, you'll see most of that one. I might get there. I might, at the latest, I should be home by 8 30. Yeah, yeah. You'll so miss the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. La- last one on the card here. We mentioned it earlier. The Lions are hosting the Raiders. Jimmy Garoppolo will be back at quarterback. The Lions are coming off a really bad game for them. They lost uh, to Baltimore where they didn't really didn't show up. No. Uh, Detroit's minus eight in this one. What do you think? Three and four against five and two. Not a game. Not going to be a game. Detroit's going to come out of, out of the gate, assert itself. They're, I think Detroit will score first. Detroit will score often. Detroit was by far score the, score the most points. Um, Raiders, Ra- Raiders will be heading home with their tails between their legs in this game. Yeah, I, I I would imagine it was probably a pretty tough practice week from Dan Campbell, considering the way that they played against Baltimore. As yeah. as tough as it can be in this day and age in the NFL, you know, what I mean, there's there's only so much you can do. But I would I would venture a guess that he he went at them pretty hard, and rightfully so. I mean, yeah, you know, the way they lost that game, they got embarrassed. Yeah. Um, and considering the role they had been on, and the battle cry has been, hey, this is our year. This is our year to turn heads and to make some waves. They're going to go home and put on a show for the home fans in this game on Sunday. Yep. All right. Let's uh, let's get a timeout. We'll come back. We'll roll into the final segment. We got a lot to do, including where do you think the Sixers rank in terms of NBA worth of teams? We'll tell you that. We got a bunch of other stuff that we'll dive into. We'll get predictions from Derek, myself, and Tone. On this Eagles game, we'll give you predictions and how the, we think the game plays out. We'll do birthdays, we'll do movies. We got a lot in store for you here on this final segment, that is for sure. All right, I want to tell you right now about Pro Action Restoration. We will talk a little Pro Action Restoration here. Yeah, they uh, if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke damage, whatever it may be. Uh, they are the people that you turn to because they're on call 24 hours, seven days a week. I can tell you that from personal experience. Reached out to them on a Saturday. My parents had had flooding in their basement, and it was a finished basement. Water going coming in there was just crazy. So I reached out to them. They got over to my parents' house. They fixed the problem. They cleaned up all the mess. Uh, the price was right. The crew was excellent to work with. It was a really great experience all around. Pro Action Restoration is licensed. They're bonded, and they're fully insured. And they've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. ProAction will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call, 610-623-3760, 610 
623-3760 or online at proactionrestoration.com. That's proactionrestoration.com. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're here to show you a better way to spend your state income taxes and get the money to where it's needed to move to the thousands of qualified kids. What we like about blocks is they really know where the need is. This program ensures that their dollars come 100% into these kids for their tuition assistance. If you are able, blocks makes the EITC piece go very quickly and very smoothly. Turn your PA state tax liability into need-based scholarships and receive a 90% tax credit. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. And we are back. Yeah, final segment of the show. Good to be uh, hanging with you guys. We always appreciate it. We are Sports Take. If you could, hit the like button. All right, Derek Gunn, Rob Ellis. So, Gunner, you sent me this. Um, the 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 worth of NBA franchises and the most valuable franchises in 2023. Uh, pretty fascinating. Uh, yes. You know, some of these numbers. So, the Golden State Warriors, of course, have had a lot of success for sure. Um, and they, they, they reside in a market... <laughs> where the cost of living is very high, to say the least. Big. Uh, but they are number one. They're worth $7.7 billion. These are all billion, by the way, that we talk about here. $7.7 billion are the Warriors. Damn. Whew. That's man. Rob Ellis' money, baby. Oh, my gosh, man. Uh, so the New York Knicks, 6.6. I mean, 
not surprising. Playing New York, the Garden, ticket yep. prices, the TV deals, everything, everything. Six point yep. six March, merchandise. The Lakers six point four. They come, they fall right after the Knicks six point four, as you would expect. Um, those two teams in the top three or five. Then it's the LA Clippers again. They're in the they're in the Los Angeles market four point six five billion for the clip joint. Uh, the Chicago Bulls, despite being very mediocre, at, you know, over the last a long time, four point six billion again. You know, big time market Chicago, Dallas. Dallas is a big market. Mark Cuban's bunch, $4.5 billion. This one, I guess it surprised me and it didn't. It surprised me in a sense that I, I, they're just, I guess, not on my radar enough. But it's a market that's exploded over the last few years, Houston. Houston Rockets are worth $4.4 billion. So they come in at number eight. Mm. Number nine, your Philadelphia 76ers, $4.3 billion. $4.3 billion. So they are ninth mm. at that number. Yeah. Hey, think about that. The ninth ranked team is worth over four billion. Yeah. Think yeah. about that. Four billion. Man, Josh Harris is sitting on gold mines, man. Between the Sixers, Washington is not one of the upper echelon teams in football, but look at what they're worth. They're worth at least three to four billion. Yep. New Jersey Devils worth billions. This man's sitting on gold mines, man. Yeah, he is. My goodness. Yeah, he is. I the mean, one- think about it. And he also was invested in what European soccer. Yes. Um, you know, he's, 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 he owns the devils as well, which is it's North Jersey, but still, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, akin to the New York market. Yeah. I mean, that, look, this guy question anything you want about his ownership. Uh, and that's all, you know, fine and dandy. He knows how to make money. Man. Make no mistake about that. He knows you, how to make money, Josh Harris. You don't know how to, you don't have to like him. You don't like the teams that he's owning, especially if he has one in your city and one in another city. And you know what that man is all about? The Benjamins. It's all yep. about the Benjamins. And yep. he's put himself in high profile positions, owning three three teams in four of the major sports in America. Yeah. All you need to know. He is a consummate businessman. Everything he touches has been a success. Mm-hmm. And you can say what you want to say about him not putting teams together to win championships. From a monetary standpoint, that man's as good as anybody out there right now. All right, let me hit you with this, uh, Eagles. Uh, something I wanted to get to, to you a little bit earlier, but we, we just had so many other things going on. We didn't get a chance to get to it. So if you look at the rest of the schedule and some of the teams, has your mind? I'm going to hit, hit you with the team. You tell me if you're if you've changed your mind on the team. When I say changed your mind, I mean they're not quite as good as you thought. They're not as scary as I thought they maybe were, or they're better than I thought, or whatever. All right. So we'll let, let's just run through it real quick. I, I don't I mean Washington, I feel exactly the way that I felt at the start of the season. I think they're less than mediocre. What, what do you think mm-hmm. about Washington? Same. 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 Yep. There's nothing has changed. Um you know, when we look when we looked at Washington, we didn't know what they had in this Sam Howell. We didn't know what they would, would look like with Eric Bieniemy at the helm. Um, I thought they were impressive when they played the Eagles, even in a losing effort. Yeah. But they're now they're playing like Washington. They've lost four to five. The p- uh, players are disgruntled. Fans are unhappy. Um, and I think it's going to be a struggle for them the rest of the way. So where they are right now. I'm not surprised one bit. Okay. All right. Dallas. Um, 
four and three, um, or actually four, yeah, four and two. Um, coming off a bye, they lost to Arizona. That was a big shocker, you know, for sure. Um, they got beaten down by San Francisco. They've lost some people, you know, mm. digging among them. Has your opinion changed to them? I, I still think they're very good. And I still think they're a team that's had the Eagles number in a lot of ways. But I didn't think they were a team that was coming out of the NFC. And I didn't think they were a team that was winning the Super Bowl. So no. I kind of feel the same way about them that I felt before the season. Even as tough as this schedule is, I still think Dallas is a team that will have double-digit wins. Yeah. They have they have good talent. They have a good defense, a fast defense. But you don't know what Dak Prescott is going to show up week in and week out, you know. And I thought they they could do a better job in getting another pass catcher in the offseason. They didn't. I like Michael Gallup. I always have. You, you know, you guys have always heard me talk about Michael yeah. Gallup. I don't think he's had an opportunity to shine. There's always been somebody in front of him, Amari Cooper, now C.D. Lamb that has overshadowed him. Um, Dallas comes out and plays like world, plays like world beaters one week and, and, and played like they've never had a practice together the next week. Right. Um, but I don't see the, I don't see the Cowboys overtaking the Eagles in the NFC East. And I don't see the Cowboys going very far in the playoffs either. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's move beyond them. Let's go Kansas city. Kansas city is who we thought they were. Yep. Um, they are the Kings until further notice. They have the best of the best in, when it comes to the quarterback in the National Football League. He is second to none. They have a very creative offense. And as, and as pedestrian-like as that offense is this year compared to years past, they're still winning. They haven't lost a game since the season opener. They mm-hmm. find ways to win. And I've said it several times, the defense is playing better this year than it did last year. Yeah, right. See. The defense is keeping them in games. They're, they're actually a good defense, whereas yeah. last year the offense had to kind of carry them a lot. Yeah. They're, they're a top 10 defense this year. Mm-hmm. You know? So uh, Kansas City is that team. Kansas City is still a team to beat. And when you look at how other teams in the AFC is stumbling right now, even the better teams, Miami, Buffalo, you know, uh, Baltimore's lost two games. You know, as well as Baltimore's playing, they've lost two games. Mm-hmm. Cleveland, we don't know what they're going to end up like without their primetime quarterback. Pittsburgh, I don't think Pittsburgh can beat Kansas City, whether home and away. I think eventually Pittsburgh's Achilles heel. The defense is going to catch up to them unless they can find a way to become that lockdown defense we've we've known them to be in years past. Nobody in the West, you know, can touch Kansas City. So I think Kansas City is still that team until further notice. Okay. Okay. Um, Buffalo is not nearly as good as I thought they were going to be to start. Now, they may improve by the time the Eagles get them in week 12, but I see a very vulnerable team. What, what do you think about the uh, the Bilskis? The fact that Buffalo has three losses right now is really shocking, to be yeah. honest with you. And even though they beat Cleveland last night, they, it wasn't an impressive win. Mm-hmm. And, again, I attribute it to, to the multitude of injuries they've had on their team, especially the defensive side. They have the talent. To 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 stay right there with Miami to try to compete for that division, but if you had asked me this before the season started, what teams could dethrone Kansas City? Two teams that come to mind: Cincinnati and Buffalo. Yeah. Now I say, I don't know. To be honest, I don't know if a team can. If you get Kansas City to play Miami in Miami, that's going to be a hard fought game. If, if Miami has to go to Kansas City. 
I think the, 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 the moment, the scenario, the stadium is too big for Miami to overcome. Okay. Okay. Uh, Seattle. Now, I'm not going to go through anybody else after Seattle because it's kind of you know New York and Arizona, et cetera. But with Seattle, I think, I think Seattle's right what I thought they were going to be. Good. Not great, but good. Yeah. I think Seattle's that sneaky team. Um, I think Seattle can can go toe to toe with San Francisco. They're tough one. They're tough. You know, San Francisco just doesn't walk all over them. Um, but in the final analysis, as much as I like Geno Smith, I got to see Geno Smith win a big game. I got to see him win a big game before I can. I haven't seen him win a big game, and that's nothing against him because he's been a habitual backup most of his career. Yeah, you know. He's in a good position. Seattle's done a better job of restocking the cupboard defensively from the offseason, and obviously picking up Frank Clark is huge for them on defense. But I, I still think overall Seattle's just a, a tier below San Francisco. and, and yeah. the Eagles, All right, let's do birthdays and movies, my friend, and then we will get all three of our predictions and how the game plays out. You ready to roll? Let's do this. Theodore Roosevelt, born on this day in 1858. He was the 26th president of the United States, largely considered one of the best presidents that we've ever had, uh, certainly in the top five of the pantheon of great presidents. But he was uh, – Big Teddy w- was strong. He was strong in, in back yep. in his days as, as a president, for sure. Uh, John Cleese, Monty Python, great British comedian, actor, 84 years old today is John Cleese. Scott Weiland, who was the lead singer for Stone Temple Pilots, unfortunately yep. passed away very young. Uh, but he was a very talented guy, man. Very, very uh, good, great range, could do a lot of different things. Lonzo Ball is 26 yep. today. Lonzo yep. out the, for the entire year with, a, with another knee injury, but uh, he is still hoping to come back. Uh, the great poet Dylan Thomas was born on this day in 1914. The director-producer Ivan Reitman was born on this day, day in 1946, part of a lot of great and very funny movies. Uh, James Cosmo was born on this day in 1975. Yep. The, the lead man of of uh, Duran Duran, Simon Le Bon, was born on yep. this day uh, in 1958. He is 65. 65. Yep. yep. Uh, Lou Williams, former Sixer, yep. former longtime NBA player, 37 today. Uh, Troy Gentile is 30 years old today. Marla Maples, uh, yep. formerly married to Donald Trump, is 60 years old today. The great Ruby D, actress, activist, uh, was born on this yeah. day in 1922. Robert Picardo, uh, you see him in a lot of different things, including Star Trek. Uh, what was it? New Wonder Generation. Years. Yeah, the, yeah, he's 70. Wonder Years, yeah. Uh, he is 70 years old. Roberto Benigni is 71 years old today, the Italian mm. actor. Kelly Osborne, Ozzy's daughter, is 39 years old today. Fran Lebowitz, the uh, the writer, is 73 today. <laughs> he came up in conversation yesterday, Brady Quinn. Brady yeah, Quinn's 39 yeah. today. <laughs> Didn't rip anybody today that I know of. He's 39. Lee Greenwood, the country singer, 81 today. Jane, The beautiful Jane Kennedy is 72 years old today. Groundbreaker on the NFL today, back in the 70s and 80s. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl, great, great player for the Edmonton Oilers is 28 today. Rick Carlisle just agreed to an extension with the Pacers is 64 today. Head coach Andrew Bynum, Sixers fans. Yes, he is 36 today. That's all I have. What else do you have, Gunner? Uh, great actress, Nanette Fabray, uh, actress, comedian, singer, 
She was on. She was the grandma on One Day at a Time, uh, one of my favorite sitcoms okay. back in the day. Yep. Uh, she was born on this day in 1920. Uh, you did say Dylan Thomas, right? Yes. You did. Okay. So, uh, did you say Aaron Ralston? Did not. Uh, you, you know who Aaron Ralston is? No. He's the guy who had an accident, fell in a canyon, and was pinned down between boulders for five days and cut his arm off. To survive, they made a movie yeah. after him. He made a movie out of it called 127 Hours. He wrote a book called Between uh, called Between a Rock and a Hard Place. Wow. And, the movie, and the book in, inspired the movie, 127 Hours. Can you imagine? He's 48 today. Can you imagine that? Would you even think about cutting your arm off? I wouldn't have thought of it. Uh, it, it takes such unbelievable guts to make that kind of decision. The amount of pain that it must have... I mean, dude, you cut through skin, skin, ligament. I mean, I can't even fathom what that what that gentleman did. But but man, good for him. You know, good for him. Uh, We have Dick Trickle, who is the the winningest short track driver in American racing history. He was born on this day in 1941. Yep. We have uh, Emily Post, the great poet, was born on this day in 1872. Ralph Kiner, the, yeah. the Hall of Fame baseball player, born on this day in 1922. Mm-hmm. Evan Turner, who was the second overall pick for the Sixers back in 2010, is 35 years old now. And Mike Ricci, uh, first-round pick, fourth overall by the Flyers back in 1990. Traded in the Peter Forsberg deal to yeah. Colorado. Yeah. Do you know, I have, a, I have an autographed Peter Forsberg jersey he gave me when he played with the Flyers. Wow. Should hang on to that bad boy. That could help the defund the San Diego fund. Yeah. Yeah, he's uh he's in the Hall of Fame now. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. You could you can make some bucks off of that bad boy. Yeah. All right. Good, good for you. All right. I'll give you some movies here and then we'll get our predictions. Rebel Without a Cause, James Dean, 1955. Yep. Assassin's Creed 2016. I like that movie. Yeah, it was very good. Uh Romeo and Juliet, uh DiCaprio and uh Claire Danes, I think, 1996. I, I, I didn't watch that. I can't watch that. Yeah, Jigsaw. Uh, 2017. Oh, Rob movie, Jigsaw. <laughs> Copycat, 1995. Leaving Las Vegas, 1995. Uh, anything else? Uh, you had the sequel to the movie Drumline, which was a good movie called Drumline, A New Beat, 2014. Right. And Saw 3, another one of those movies I will not be watching, came out in 2006. Yeah, we talked about the Saw movies. Yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't do that. I don't do those. Yeah, yeah I hear you. All right, uh, let's uh, let's dive into our predictions, Derek, as we're up against time here. Uh, uh, let, let's give Tone the floor first because we talked about the game the, the whole day. What's up, Tone? Hey, fellas, how we doing? Good, man. Good. Awesome. What do you think about this game? So, um, you know, I've been thinking about this game all weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Commanders, they've been playing each other tough over the past uh, handful of years, handful of years, especially with uh, Rivera being in the building. But – I think this is a very different circumstance. I think this is a different Philadelphia Eagles defense compared to when they played the first go around earlier this season. Um, I think I think the back side of the defense uh, is, getting, is getting healthier. Uh, I think they're better. Um, this Philadelphia Eagles defense over the past three games, they're giving up only 183 passing yards per game. They've tightened up that side of things. The pass rush is just as good as it has been in, in the past. Um, I think they're top three in sacks, like you guys mentioned. Um, on top of that, the commanders are literally holding on by a thread in terms of chemistry and morale. Um, I think the Philadelphia Eagles put them out there, put them out their misery. The game is going to be competitive, but I think the Philadelphia Eagles control the game from beginning to end. I got the Philadelphia Eagles winning 31 to 20. Eagles score four touchdowns. Eagles score four touchdowns and one field goal. Commanders score two touchdowns and two field goals. 
All right. Ooh. Good, good breakdown there. Gunner, what are you thinking? Uh, let's see. Short on time. Uh, we've talked about this game enough. I just think it's going to be a division game. you got players disgruntled, ticked off. They're going to want to come out and, and showcase uh, the fact that we're not that team that, that just stumbled through an embarrassing loss to the Giants. Uh, it'll be a, it'll be another close game, but I, I'm going to say the Eagles pull away when they have to, like 30 to 20. All right. I have the Eagles 31-24. I don't see the Eagles. Yeah, you guys are in the same place. I know, man. I don't see see the Eagles defense giving up what they gave up last time against Washington. I think they're in a much better place, the Eagles defense, and I think that'll that'll show through. I like Bayard being out there, being mixed in. I think the defensive line is going to eat against this this team that can't protect the quarterback ultimately. Uh, I don't think Washington lays down. I agree with you guys. I think they'll, yeah. they'll play hard, and it's all, they always are competitive, it feels like, against the Eagles. But I think ultimately in the end, the Eagles have too much here. They have too much for them, and they will pull away. Uh, Tony, yeah. thanks for a great week of producing, man. Of course, awesome I appreciate job. you guys, as always. Awesome job, as always. You can yeah, catch man. Tone appreciate with, with Dan Cilio coming up on yep. the National Football Show. Uh, Gunner, good job. Thanks to everybody in the, uh, in the chat, everybody streaming and listening. You guys are the best. We always appreciate you guys hanging out with us. That's for sure. Listen, have a great weekend. Don't go anywhere because we do have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio and Tone. Everybody enjoy it. Gunner and I will be back Monday. Same place, same time. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks. mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.